0: Welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by a man who always gets an A-plus from me. His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello.
1: Hello. I would have preferred A-plus-plus, but I'll take A-plus.
0: That's fine. Oh, you get a zero for the day. All oh, right, that's fair. Just for that. It's going to hurt Just my grade point for average. For um, actually, so we're, we're mm. going to be doing Premier League grades today. Yeah. I'm sure people will know from looking at the title of the show mm-hmm. before they click that play button and listened to the music. Um, I am going on a thing where the best grade you can get is A-plus. Yes. Yes? I want mm-hmm. to make sure we're not on some weird, like, British versus American grading system. Yeah. Where, no no. One,
1: where we're, where we're yeah, I do not prices. have A++, or, like, I don't know what would be above that. I don't even know. <laughs> Man City. <possibly>. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so. Spoiler alert. If, I do not have them in an A+. If you're ready. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So,
0: it, prepare yourself for this. Uh-huh. This is going to be a quick-fire Premier League review oh, where my. we're going to grade each team. I'm adjusting. <laughs> we're going to explain the grade for each team. We're going to mm-hmm. take it in turns. But we're going to set a timer. We have maximum 60 seconds to explain. Mm -hmm. So if you thought we talk fast on a regular Total show, you might want to send this one to times Mm 0.25 to listen. Not really. We won't go too fast, right?
1: I haven't practiced any of these so far, so I don't know if they're under time. But I I do look forward to taking my time and then realizing I have 15 seconds left and going into (laughs) ultra mode. Uh, One quick question. Are we starting with the team? Or is it like I'll give you the grade and then you hit go?
0: Um, I, I think as soon as you start your explanation okay yeah. I like that. that is that fair mm-hmm. uh, okay is it, we're going to go from top to bottom yep. so or Man City to Huddersfield um, as it goes um, and the, the, I think the point of this is that we're not going to be super crazy detailed, right? So if you are a fan of one of these teams and you're like, "Oh, they missed something," yeah, we did because mm-hmm. we're doing it quick fire. Yep. That's the point. That is the point. <laughs> okay, are you ready? I've I've psyched myself up. Um, All right. We 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 kind of did a, a random assignment. You're going first, yes. right? With the number one. I didn't want to have to
1: talk about Man United, so I structured <laughs> it in a way that, that I would right? be of av- yeah, I would be able to avoid them. That's why I went first.
0: <laughs> okay, Taylor, what's your grade for Manchester City? I'm giving them an
1: A and I will explain why. Okay, then your Uh, timer is started. Manchester City became the first team in a decade to win back-to-back Premier League titles, and they did so by winning 14 straight games to finish on a whopping 98 points, squeaking past Liverpool on 97. Although wide attacker Riyad Mahrez was the club's only summer signing, it was Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva who proved deadly on the wings. Sergio Aguero just missed out on a share of the golden boot race, but his 21 goals were enough to keep City winning. The midfield gelled, the backline kept it tight, and Aderson had a second strong season. Elimination in the chip, Champions League slightly soured things, which is why I took off the A-plus and turned it to an A, but the chance for a less heralded treble remains. All right, prepared statement complete. I
0: think I got it in under the wire. Here's my counterpoint. Uh Um, This is one of the most impressive Premier League seasons of all time. And I I think I said on yesterday's show or the day before that... Essentially, the Champions League is a little bit random, Like you can't expect to win it Mm -hmm. all the time. So I feel like Man City deserve an A+, because this was a dominant season. I mean, yeah, Guardiola said it was his toughest season uh, of his managerial
1: career because they were pushed so much by Liverpool. Yeah. I just think that there's an element of disappointment because they're repeating as champions, and that's very hard to do, and there's been much made of that. But I think Guardiola has not won. I mean, he has not won the Champions League since Barcelona. Yeah. I think there was an element of he wants to prove he can do it again, that they didn't, and didn't by losing to a domestic opponent is probably not the way he saw that going.
0: setting such a high bar for Mr. Guardiola. I'm all right with it. All I'm right right all right with idea. it. Uh, I mean, I
1: think he set his own bar. Yeah, that's true. That's
0: true. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what? What we're also going to talk about like what we think they should do mm-hmm. for next season. So how do Man City improve? He asks half laughing.
1: I mean, I, I think <laughs> uh, Ryan and I talked a little bit about this. It's it's a lot of like they've got fine players. It's about maybe finding cover that can then become a starter for me. So for example, the, the one that has always been talked about is Fernandinho, how they meet, need a deputy or maybe a replacement. Uh, there's rumors that they're going to go after Rodri there there's going to be some sort of swap deal, maybe in- involving Otamendi for Rodri. All uh, right, but what do you think they should do? I think they should strengthen it left back because I do not think that that has been their strongest position. They've tried lots of different people there, Fabian Delph, Alexander yeah. Ozen- Ozen- Zinchenko. They are Benjamin there.
0: Mendy hasn't properly worked out. He right?
1: hasn't, and there were so many different moments this season. I did not go back and look at them all because, again, brief overview. But like, there were so many moments where Guardiola had to talk about, like, yeah, he needs to mature. Yeah, he shouldn't be on his phone. Yeah, he shouldn't be doing that. And I think what he sort to of Danilo.
0: Danilo get injured.
1: Uh, he's yeah, he's around. I think he played sometimes <laughs> right, sometimes left. Uh, he and so, but I feel like again, it's a lot of like. Like kind of seeing if it works and and kind of making good with what he has. Yeah. And again, that's why Guardiola is good because Zinchenko didn't look uh, out of out of sorts yeah, yeah. at all. But I do I've think this
0: Guardiola a plus mm-hmm. for um, winning the Premier League despite never having a proper left back.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. It's, it's worth noting. Uh, but I'm going to give him a proper left back, and I'm going to say you want Premier League experience, technical quality. He gets Bencho well.
0: Ben Chilwell, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Ben Chilwell. Yep. I think that would be a great sign. And signing. also
1: English, so you kind of satisfy yeah, yeah. That, that quarter as well even they, more. They have had trouble with that in the past. They kind of need one of those. Yeah, they do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, my signing for Man City, mm-hmm. Matthias de Liet. Yeah. Matisse de Ligt. So Solid shout. Otermendi seems to be leaving, mm-hmm. right? Maybe Atletico Madrid, but he's leaving Manchester yeah. City. And I know he's not everybody's favourite centre back. it seems that way, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's not everybody's favourite centre back, but he mm-hmm. played a lot of games this year yep. and was really useful. Vincent Company is another year older, right? Like, he'll still be around, but you can't rely on him to start every game. I can't but, remember if he's out of
1: contract or if he, if he has, like, the year option that they will probably exercise. But Yeah, I think
0: his contract officially is expiring, but yep. they're going to do something. I mm-hmm. think he'll still be there, but you can't say he's going to start every week, yep. which leaves uh, John Stones um, and Emmerich Laporte, mm-hmm. who kind of came good towards the yep. end of the year I still think they need an extra centre back even if it's just long term yep. planning I think Matthias De Ligt, um from Ajax he looks like a Man City player mm-hmm. like really aggressive in the tackle uh, really smart about his decisions excellent on the ball. He he could really step in and be a, a Man City player pretty fast, I think. I agree. Or with a season, a season betting in, yeah, even. Uh, I, t- I totally agree with everything you're saying. Uh, the reason why I didn't go centre-back
1: is because, as I've told you before, even with these where we're just sort of being like, who's their ideal signing? Who's the fantasy signing? It doesn't have to be even grounded in reality. Still can't get reality out of my brain. And I think about like... I think Delete is definitely going to go to Barcelona, even though maybe they say they, he won't. I feel like he probably still ends up there. And mm-hmm. so it's hard for me to then like, look at other options and be like, they're not going to spend that much money on a player. They're already under kind of uh, investigation right now. So then I end up just getting lost in that and I left center back alone. Oh, as they a just gonna,
0: they're going to laugh at the investigation. I probably. Right. Um, we'll just, <laughs> I hope
1: that is their response is just typed out. Ha 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 ha.
0: <laughs> so there you go. Man City with an A from Taylor mm-hmm. Rockwell.
1: Yes. I mean, I, I would easily take an A plus. Uh, it's just that Champions League. I feel like it hurt him a little bit, but maybe A
0: plus. Okay, um, okay. So I'm up next yeah. with Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Liverpool finished second with 97 points. I give Liverpool an A plus. I would have as well. Here's why. I think this was a weirdly perfect season, despite not winning the Premier League. I didn't start my clock in time. I didn't start my clock in time. That's fine. I got got a free 10 seconds. (laughs) Yeah, so a weirdly perfect season despite not winning the Premier League. Mm -hmm. I don't see what they could have done better. You can argue, yeah, they could have got more points, but could they? (laughs) 97 points. That will win you the Premier League most years, right? On top of that, they were more fun to watch than Manchester City. If I knew that Liverpool were on TV and I knew Man City were on TV, I would watch Liverpool first because they were just the more... Because Man City were so in control of games where Liverpool... Even though they mostly won, it just felt a little wild. And I love that. I love the style under Klopp. They have two Premier League Golden Boot winners. I know three players shared it, uh, but Salah Amane eventually shared the Golden Boot. And I'm also giving extra credit to uh, Jurgen Klopp for the way he used his signings. Uh, Alisson was wonderful. Fabinho bedded in slowly over the course of the season. Shikiri was uh, useful along the way. So A-plus for Liverpool, and there's still a Champions League final to come.
1: There we are. in under the wire, 10 seconds. Well done. Uh, I did enjoy the other player who was part of that treble-winning uh, golden boot, three-player splitting, was mm-hmm. Obama Yang, which led, led Jurgen Klopp to say, all three are my players.
0: Yes! <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention Virgil van Dijk oh, yeah, was he's one of the signings. Mm-hmm. He was definitely a good signing. I'm adding that 10 seconds off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, and then in terms of transfers... Mm. This is a tough one. Before we do that, can I just add one quick thing? Oh yeah, sorry, I moved on too fast. That's
1: all good. The reason why I 100% agree, and I forgot this is part of the reason why I knocked City down. Maybe it's unfair to give them an A and Liverpool an A+, but I think it's because heading into this season, I don't think many people saw Liverpool being nearly as close, if in second at all. No one
0: said Liverpool-Man City-Tartar race. That's definitely what's going to happen. Yeah. But that
1: is what definitely happened. E- exactly. Yeah. I think I think probably a lot of predictions had Liverpool second, but again, that gap was probably wider. Yeah. And so I think that they were able to we went so... Went to the final day! Yeah. They were so effectively closed that gap, and now it is sort of looking at next season as like, ooh, okay, who's going to strengthen? How are they going to keep this race going? I think they will, and I think they're in the Champions League final. I know they're in the Champions League final, so I'm totally with you, it being an A+.
0: Okay, so in terms of transfers... Mm-hmm. This is tough because the midfield is kind of stacked, right? They had like five players rotating through three positions this season and they've got Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Adam Lallana to come back. Mm They don't really need any more central nope. midfielders. Defense looks good to me. Joel Matip really stepped up towards the end, so I'm not, I don't need, think they need to sign any more centre-backs. Yeah. Joe Gomez is going to be the starter. Um, so here's my pitch. As part of the, the front three, maybe they need an extra like superstar in that front three just in case someone gets injured next year so they can do this whole thing again. There's a guy who I know fits Klopp's system mm-hmm. who is suddenly available. His name is Felipe <laughs> I Coutinho. I you were going to do it. They should absolutely get Felipe Coutinho on a bargain. He seems to be... Um, being pushed towards the door at Barcelona. Mm-hmm. They could get him well cheap, and it would look really good in terms of how much they got for him last year mm-hmm. and how much they would pay for him this year. Plus, he's probably already got property in the Liverpool area.
1: That, yeah, I, I would assume so, or maybe he's easy like, to settle back in. He can, he, at the right least he can find yeah. it easily. He, yeah, knows, yeah. he knows where to look.
0: And they could pitch it to him as, oh, why don't you upgrade to a Champions League finalist team? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Burn. Uh, and, <laughs> and then I think the, the rumors slash... Very likely scenario is that, is that Antoine Griezmann ends up at Barcelona next season. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, again, he wouldn't m- limited be a bad, minutes for Coutinho.
0: He wouldn't be a bad front three sign-in for Liverpool, either. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I think they would have to spend some money. Uh-huh. Similarly, like I, uh, when I first wrote this, I kind of did it without really thinking about Liverpool, and I went with uh, Khalidou Koulibaly, because I love the idea of like another just imposing centre-back. <laughs>
0: Koulibaly-Van Dijk centre-back partnership? That I mean, wouldn't that, be fair. That's
1: game over, right? Yeah. But then two <laughs> things. One, uh, I think it's being reported that he has a €150 million euro buyout clause, uh-huh. so less likely. Mm-hmm. And two, at, to your point, I kind of forgot how good Matip
0: was or has been, and I kind of forgot about Joe Gomez being a centre back. Before Joe Gomez got injured, yep. I think when it was the Gomez Van Dyke partnership, mm-hmm. that's when Liverpool had that like nine point lead at the at the top of the league. The Gomez injury was one of the problems mm-hmm. that sort of had Liverpool stumble a little bit in the middle of the of the season. Yeah, yeah. plus English. So uh, I mean, plus English, <laughs> uh, I started this off
1: sort of. As a joke, I was basically going to, with every single one of your teams, try to sell you on them buying a Manchester United player <laughs> so I could slowly <laughs> offload all the United players. Uh-huh. Fellaini for everybody. But
0: now here's the thing. <laughs> Everyone gets a hour on.
1: Hear me out. Okay. All right? Hear me out on this one because this is one of the ones that did stick around. For the reasons that you mentioned, I feel like it would be kind of hilarious if they went after Alexis Sanchez because it's already been reported, hear me out, that uh, United, are, I think they're starting to look at ways – to get rid of him, mm-hmm. he's owed so much money. No, no team is going to sign him and be willing to then kind of negotiate that salary. He's yep. going to want a ton of money. So I feel like the most likely scenario is they're going to look to loan him and pay a lot of his salary, or there's going to be some agreement where they end up paying part of his wages so that they can get him off the books.
0: So the, you think Liverpool could get Alexis Sanchez for like where they pay like eighty thousand a week and yep. United pay four twenty, or like they get him from
1: United and United pay them to. Play him, mm. and I d- and like I feel like that would be the kind of motivator, similar to Carlos Tevez moving from United to Man City, that he would be like, "All right, I'm going to play out of spite now."
0: I don't see. I think Klopp likes to play players on the up instead of on the down.
1: I would agree with that. The other thing. Again, I don't know if this is like United putting out rumors, but I've heard that. Uh, you know, this is
0: the Liverpool section. Oh, uh, yeah. Right?
1: But this is, I'm getting like, I don't know if this is United putting out rumors. United are farther down the table. We'll but, get to
0: them much later. True.
1: But I've heard he's not a very good locker room presence. And oh, that's really? the other thing that I do feel like Liverpool kind of thrive on a harmonious locker room. Yeah. yeah. That occasionally gets screamed at by Jurgen Klopp. So I think that could be the <laughs> other issue there. But I do like the idea, yeah, to your point of them going after, uh, like, another attacker. I feel like continue would be difficult because that's for very big personalities now. Yeah. And I think I struggle to find a kind of, like, replacement Backup that would be okay being a backup.
0: All right, are you ready to uh, move out of the title challenges and into third place? Yep. Chelsea Football Club. Yep. It's all you, Taylor. And you know what? I'm going
1: for Maurizio Sare here. I'm, I'm going B plus. It's a B plus, maybe even an A for Chelsea. Because I'm, I'm not going to argue. I was like, it's either an A or a D, so I guess B minus. Uh, but I'll begin with my summary. Uh, the Blues were able to finally sever ties with Antonio Conte this summer. The
0: Blues. You've never called them uh, the Blues
1: before in your life. Uh, the Blues were finally able to sever ties. Stop interrupting. Uh, a demanding and emotional Italian who had no experience managing in England, and they were therefore able to bring in Maurizio Sarri, a demanding and emotional Italian who had no experience managing in England. Uh, he did bring a system with him from Napoli, which included Jorginho, uh, the central fielder which seemed like it was going to fit he was going to bring the system that would kind of like gel seamlessly uh, and instead it was uh, m- the source of much consternation it made N'Golo Conte move uh, switch it up a little bit that did not go well Aiden Hazard clearly was not so pleased uh, he went from subtly flirting with Real Madrid to demanding marriage from Real Madrid <laughs> they even brought in Gonzalo Higuain which did not really benefit them uh, this season as much I think it will in the end for all that Chelsea finished third in the Premier League could very well win the Europa League and could be seen to be in a strong position with the signing of Christian Pulisic, even though there's a looming transfer embargo.
0: All right. You made it under a minute mm-hmm. with me interrupting you. There we go. Which is pretty impressive. Yes. you remind me of the grade again? Uh, I, I initially had it as an A or a D, so maybe a B. An A or a D, because,
1: so maybe a because, B-, because, B. Because Chelsea fans have been so like negative about Sarri and what's been happening, meanwhile they finished third, and are potentially going to win the Europa League.
0: I think Chelsea fans didn't like what they were seeing, yeah. and I think the media really got Ansari's back when mm. it wasn't going well for that brief spell. Yeah. And in the end, finishing third and making the Europa League final, it's actually a fine season yeah. for Maurizio sorry and Chelsea. And, and I think I don't think they, they meant to do this. I think it's basically they brought in this guy that they
1: said is going to be the solution, And now they kind of have to back him because of money. But I also think we've heard this about Chelsea, that it requires a clear-out to get rid of some of the personalities and some of the people who think they're bigger than the manager. And sticking with Sari, I feel like now with the looming embargo, it's not going to be an attractive destination for for Chelsea, even if they do have this summer, which is still a possibility to sign some players and then it would be uh, January and next summer that they'll be banned – I feel like they're going to stick with him, and I feel like you're going to see Aiden Hazard go. I think he's going to pl- play Christian Pulisic in a situation that favors him. I think maybe they can use this summer to br- sign a player or two. Which a know isn't to in a transfer moment.
0: embargo. So I literally I don't have an answer for who Chelsea should sign because I don't think they're allowed to sign anyone. So here's
1: the situation: so FIFA denied their appeal. This is what yeah. usually happens. Then they can appeal that denial to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, and that's the one that takes longer. So historically, so get, that's when, as long as it's pending appeal, you can still kind of push the. the the, the embargo one window. Back. So, have they appealed to Cass? That I think will happen soon because they have been denied by FIFA. So, I ah. think that's the plan. So, uh, this is all kind of assuming they can sign people. But even if they can't, I think you lose Aiden Hazard. You kind of put Christian Pulisic in there. You hope Hubs- Callum Hudson Adoy comes back and you're good to go. Either? Or <laughs> uh, maybe you put Callum Hudson Adoy at left wing.
0: What happens, so I've got this interesting theory mm-hmm. that like Eden Hazard, obviously, I think he's the most assist, he got the most assist in the Premier League, 15, yep, 16 right? 16
1: goals, 15 assists.
0: Like, so he's obviously a key part of Chelsea's attack, mm-hmm. but this constant thing of is he staying, is he going, is yep. he staying, is he going? I kind of feel like the time is good to just, just do it, just break ties, let yep. him go, the time is right, move on to the next thing, yep. right? And Christian Pulisic will not be as good as Eden Hazard, especially not in his first season mm-hmm. at Chelsea, but just do it anyway so we can all move on. And yes. Not just for my benefit, but for Chelsea's benefit as well in terms of long-term planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I would totally agree. And I think, I think even if, I would say this, even if they don't end up appealing, if they just accept, fine, we're going to have a ban at some point, we may as well take it now and we can figure out some salaries and some players, Yeah, I think you still let <laughs> them go. We call all the loan players. I mean, we, oh, Ryan and I <laughs> talked about this. They have 85-plus players like that could potentially play yeah. through right now. They have so many people on yeah. the, like, on their books. But I think even if you let Aiden Hazard go, you kind of save that money, you bank it, you spend it on some stadium construction, and then eventually you buy players when you can. But I think it does bring them stability. It, it's a question answered now. It's one mm-hmm. less thing to have to worry about. You throw some money at Callum Hudson-Odoi, uh, he will be... Gone for a while because I think of the ACL – or no, excuse me, uh, Achilles tear. So that's going to keep him out for a good long while. So if they do appeal it, though, if they do have this window, I do have an answer, I think, for what I think they should do. Um, And I think – Pulisic is already coming in. Yeah, but I think, he's already there. He's on loan at Dortmund. Exactly. I think we would agree, though, that we probably would rather see him on the right wing, if at all possible. I,
0: as long as he's on the field, I'm happy.
1: So here's my here's <laughs> what I would say. If you're going to lose Aiden Hazard, yep. and if you want to kind of go to sorry ball of like, quick attackers, agile, get a lot of assists, ball move fast, I'm going to say Chelsea c- should go for Ryan Fraser of Bournemouth. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven goals, 14 assists this season. He's oh, yeah. a 24-year-old right-footed left winger. I mean, you bring him in, he provides... Almost as many assists as Aiden Hazard.
0: I feel like this is sort of anti Pulisic propaganda, though, right? If we're going to support Pulisic, we don't need them signing more wingers. No,
1: I want it to be Pulisic on one side, Ryan Fraser on the other, and follow Higuain in the middle, maybe? And you've got sort of a trident
0: there. I think think I'm just nervous. Like, no more wingers.
1: But I think (laughs) more likely is that losing Aiden Hazard as sort of a marquee player, that's the kind of one I think would make the most sense for Chelsea. I think the man you've already mentioned, Felipe Coutinho, is one that they could probably go Mm -hmm. after. Uh, I think reportedly they are. So too, uh, Wilfred Zaha is the other one that they're looking at wouldn't
0: a centre forward be a better option Um, because if Giroud's Giroud's contract is Mm -hmm. uh, Iguain doesn't really seem to have worked out in the Premier League he might be sort of just coming towards the end a little bit yeah Uh, Maybe maybe going after a centre forward is the way to go. I
1: mean, they've got a few on loan. Tammy Abraham can come back. <laughs> see what happens.
0: See what happens. He might be coming back with Aston Villa. So,
1: so do you want to throw out a centre forward then?
0: I, I don't have one because I didn't have an answer because I thought the transfer ban was definite. Mm. I didn't know about this. Just say Edson Kavani. Kavani. Just throw it in
1: there. That's oh, fine. in
0: Cavani. Yeah, okay. How about that?
1: I think he is moving somewhere
0: potentially this summer. But yeah, <laughs> sure. Put him in there. Now we're good. Should we move to fourth place? Let's do it. Okay, Tottenham Hotspur mm-hmm. in fourth place. I am giving Tottenham Hotspur's season an A minus. Okay. I think signing zero players and making the top four is still really, really impressive. But most of this A-, minus, most of this grade goes to Mauricio Pochettino, Mm -hmm. not to the club. To me, I don't know this for sure, but the club seems to have um, prioritized the new stadium over new signings for the last year and a half. Does that feel accurate to you? Yes, 100%. Right? And I think that's what's happened. And still, forget the Champions League final, Mauricio Pochettino has got Tottenham in the top four despite not making any signings and sort of having no striker for a Mm -hmm. little bit after Harry Kane got... Injured, right? I, I
1: cannot believe. Sorry, I know I'm interrupting. I cannot it's believe fine. how good they've been. I'm assuming I get this time with back with no Harry Kane.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, um, it, so they even kind of mounted a title challenge at the start of the season. That obviously fell away as the squad got thinner and thinner. And thinner, but the fact that that happened means that there's an absolute core at Tottenham, ready, absolutely ready to go, and they still play some great soccer. I saw Christian Eriksen passes, um, I saw Son running at people, I saw Harry Kane doing his thing where he turns, plays it wide, gets in the box, wins a penalty, etc. So Tottenham was still great to watch. Finished fourth despite not signing any players, so mostly Mauricio Pochettino gets an A minus from me. All right,
1: I like it, and I think I would agree because, like, we talked about this. I talked about this a lot in the preseason that they hadn't signed a replacement for yeah. Harry Kane. They had Llorente, but that wasn't quite like for like. I didn't see how it would work out, and then come that second leg in the Champions League. I thought they were going to be in a stronger position because it was going to be Lucas Moura and Son, and those two together are so mobile and clever. But that's Mauricio Pochettino figuring it out and finding solutions. So
0: often, like yeah. mid-game or whatever, mm-hmm. his his decisions to change things up are absolutely correct. Yeah, right? yeah. And there's still I can't shake this feeling that there's more there, right? Mm-hmm. If, if uh, like look at the Liverpool signing Van Dijk type thing, right? If Spurs had invested. Maybe we'd be looking at them. They would have been in the title race with Man City and Liverpool. Mm -hmm. But there's no point sort of punishing the coach and the players that are there for what the club didn't do. Is mm-hmm. that fair? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I, yeah, I would agree with that. So yeah, A like minus it. for Tottenham.
1: I like it. You know, I like. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of Generation Kill, that uh, yes. HBO miniseries. Yeah, and the constant the constant refrain is like uh, Army gets supplies, Marines make to do, make do. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's Mauricio Pochettino. He makes do. <laughs> he he finds ways to fi- like solve problems because uh, so he's, he's not getting any reinforcements. So he's
0: weirdly Marino Pochettino. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very confusing amalgam. It is. <laughs> okay, so transfers. Mm-hmm. It's weird, right, because maybe they don't make any signs because maybe they're still paying for the stadium and the fancy beer that pours mm-hmm. from the bottom. Um, but I've I've broken this down into three tiers. Uh-huh. If they really want to spend big money, mm-hmm. maybe they could get Gareth Bale back. I- Break the bank, get him back, everybody's happy. I think that's
1: been talked about. Yeah. I don't think Spurs fans are too excited about it but uh-huh. I think a lot of it is them potentially losing, say, Christian Eriksen in like a swap deal for Gareth Bale.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not sure i take that. Yeah. But, um, okay, maybe a more intelligent signing that would still be expensive. I'm thinking like probably £70 million slash euros. Kai Havertz
1: mm-hmm. get
0: Kai Havertz from Bayer Leverkusen that's a good shout everyone will have heard of Kai yep. Havertz in the Total Stock Show Scouting Network I just did a reminder and went back and watched some highlights this kid is incredible yep. 19 years old for Bayer Leverkusen he can play midfield attacking midfield right wing he's even played up front he is so smooth and creative with the ball and scores a bunch of goals this is a guy that will light the Premier League on fire um, when a team signs him I think Tottenham should be that team he'd be a perfect anywhere in that like yeah. three attacking midfielders or even as the striker Kai Havertz could play
1: it also is like a it's like a smart Tottenham move because they're signing a very young very proven very exciting player from the Bundesliga but I feel like we never end up talking about Bayer Leverkusen because they're always good but not great Yeah, yeah. like Didn't somewhat exciting but not thrilling exactly yeah. and so I feel like you could probably get him for a lower rate than you could for somebody from even like Schalke who had a bad season but they're kind of more in that like high profile situation yeah. so I feel they, like that's a also good have, shout
0: they also have an Ajax-ish philosophy yeah. of like bring mm-hmm. players through and sell them bring players through and sell them yep. I just don't want him to go to Bayern Munich no yeah. <laughs> uh, so, oh, then the third tier version, oh, yeah. if they're going to spend a little bit of money, because mm-hmm. finally you have to spend money. Um, I've seen a lot of people talk about maybe they just need to upgrade it right back. Aaron Wan-Bissaka yep. from Crystal Palace. I don't know how much... You he, think that's
1: a little bit of money? I don't know how much it would cost. I feel like he's more expensive than Kai Havertz. Really? Oh, Yeah. Because I mean, he's going to be there's like going to be a, a Premier League war. Uh, price tag premium. United and City are both going after him, so I'm going to guess it's going to be a, uh, a lot of money throwing Crystal Palace's way in the
0: end. Interesting. <laughs> okay, there's almost three tiers of signings right. for Spurs. What about you? I've gone with what? oh, and Celfin under your uh, I'm I, kidding. I'm kidding. Keep like him around.
1: It's insane. Keep I him thought him that too, and I was like, no, he's pretty good. Yeah. Keep him in there. Just for uh, sure. I never thought I would come full circle on that one. Uh, again, these are ones that I'm not necessarily saying will happen, but I think would be smart. Uh, one thing I think we both agree: watching those uh, that's uh, Champions League semifinal both legs. Victor Wanyama should probably not be your replacement holding midfielder. You probably don't want him in there as a deep line midfielder. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say throw some money at Axel Witzel who has had oh. that resurgence, has been excellent for Borussia Dortmund. It's not going to happen, but it would be an excellent signing for
0: Tottenham. Oh, um, I feel bad for Dortmund, but yeah, Axel Witsel in the Premier League would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And maybe a Sissoko witzel double pivot. Oh, you see, I uh, yeah, see I'm all in on that. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. And then not Harry- sure where Eric Dyer goes, but yeah. Harry
1: Winks can happen there too. Eric Dyer, he's you know he's around. Uh He's around, he's playing golf.
0: Okay, I like it, I like (laughs) it, I like it. Um, Up next, Uh, fifth place, Arsenal Football Club. What's your grade, Dana?
1: I found this one really, really difficult. Uh, my grade is going to be a C-plus for Arsenal. Uh, it's a team that I thought maybe had a chance to finish in the Champions League spots uh, heading into the season, and I think Unai Emery really just had an up-and-down season. Uh, you had, say, Lacazette and Aubameyang combining really well. Uh, I think they had 35 goals, 13 assists in the league, but then sometimes they were played together, sometimes they weren't. So like every time it felt like he was figuring it out, then suddenly things went wrong. There's a 10-minute uh, highlight, quote-unquote, video of Skrota Mustafi's mistakes this season. There are many, many, many of them, and he <laughs> Edited. That's yeah. edited for
0: length as well. He kept getting minutes.
1: <laughs> um, Petr Cech called it quits, uh, but there's still questions about Leno. Uh, despite finishing fifth, they could still qualify for the Champions League with a win over Chelsea in the Europa League final. Yeah. So you give them credit for that in it, like, terms of their Premier that, League performance? That's the thing. Is, like, it's tough. Yeah. Like, then they're still in the Champions League, so that probably does make it a little bit more successful, but it still isn't probably what Arsenal fans would have wanted, and there aren't nearly as many answers for Arsenal fans, so I'm going C+. C+.
0: Plus, mm-hmm. All right, that feels maybe... To me, it feels maybe a little bit not generous because mm. it's Emery's first season and it wasn't a disaster. Uh-huh. All right. I, may, maybe... Be I'm, not, my, I'm not here to quibble
1: with your grade. No, 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 I, I like that idea because this is like me. That's, that's why we never do anything in a vacuum because I'm, I'm open to interpretation. And because we wouldn't be able to breathe. That's true. Let me, all right. Then, and this is where... Let me, let me throw this out then. Yeah. Um, so look at it like this way. So we know they needed uh, pace up top. They needed defensive reinforcement. Their center backs, while well, many of them, not that great. <laughs> uh, Instead, they brought in Denis Suarez from Barcelona, uh, who had played for Emery under Sevilla. Uh, they, there was this idea, like, oh, he's familiar with the system, he's going to be able to come in, he's going to kind of execute it flawlessly. He played 95 minutes in all competitions and was sent back to Barcelona, basically, because mm. it just did not work out. I actually forgot that even happened. Exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile, they didn't renew Aaron Ramsey. He signs for Juve. And so it feels like they bring in this player that it seems like it should work. It doesn't quite work. He goes back to Barcelona and they lose this other player. And now there's more questions. There's more stuff to sort out.
0: I feel the so- same way about Aaron Ramsey as I feel about crushing both should have been renewed
1: <laughs> <laughs> I agree with one of those statements uh, yes so I feel like again it's, it's a good season so I'll, I'll go B minus then so it's still a B but it's not as good as it could have been All right. wow. B minus for Arsenal I, I
0: really took you up from yeah. what, uh, C plus to that's B minus oh, that's only fine. one that's only one level right? it, is. it still, is I'm still mm-hmm. proud of it mm-hmm. wish I could have done that when I was a student
1: um, and so when we, <laughs> yeah, exactly right so for summer transfers we've said this one before I'm going to say it again because I think their focus is going to be on selling getting rid of some players that don't fit Uh, From what I've read today, maybe it's just a rumor, if they do not qualify for the Champions League, they're going to have £40 million to spend unless they sell players. So I think that's going to be a lot of players needed to be sold. Are you
0: saying they only have £40 to spend if they don't qualify for the Champions League? If they do,
1: then it will be much more, I think is the idea. Uh, But I still think even with all that, they're going to need to get a centre-back. Right now, Mustafi, Koscielny, Socrates, uh, Mavropanos, Holding, do any of those necessarily make you feel 100% confident as a starting centre-back?
0: Maybe Socrates, but it's only a maybe, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm looking at who is faster than I've given him credit for in the past. I should add that one. Uh got some emails about that. Uh, but I think I would, if I were them, I want a centre-back who's got good distribution, tall, strong, veteran leadership. I'm saying John Brooks again. We've said John Brooks before. I'm saying John Brooks again.
0: I think maybe our American fandom maybe makes us think John Brooks is like top four Premier League quality uh-huh. when maybe is well, not.
1: Well, Arsenal aren't top four, so there you go.
0: <laughs> but they would aspire to be. Mm-hmm. They aspire to be. I've won Koulibaly.
1: Yeah, see, there we go. Yeah. yeah. They're going to spend I mean, some money.
0: Honestly, Koulibaly's a better defender than John Brooks, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah? 100%. Yes. But again, 150 million. That's what kind of makes me question.
0: I see. Oh, so you did doing it realistically. Yeah. yeah. And
1: I, strangely, I, off on a tangent here for a moment. Yeah, yeah. John Brooks come was not, what? Like 35 million from to, to Wolfsburg? Or was I, it 23 I million? so it was more like 20 something 23000000 yeah. right, twenty-three million. I've maybe inflated that a little bit <laughs> but that's still like that factors into me to it as well that like he moved to Wolfsburg it didn't quite work out that now he is their very reliable player Wolfsburg in a much stronger position so I feel like that bumps up his number a lot mm-hmm. and suddenly I'm like well yeah that's the amount you pay for a Premier League centre back so yeah Arsenal should just pay that okay. the other one that I think would be hilarious and they probably should actually go for there are still questions about uh, central midfield because Lucas Torreira started really well kind of faded uh, on the yeah, home stretch really so, so it to uh, Ganduzzi uh, it's a lot of
0: defensive midfielders is, Xhaka is
1: still Chaka and, mm-hmm. and is a liability, but then sometimes good. I think it would be hilarious and also kind of work if they went after Adrian Rabiot, who is going to be uh, like available on a free uh, because he's not going to sign with PSG again, and has publicly publicly said that Tottenham are not good enough for him so I feel like signing for Arsenal would just be a little twist another little twist uh, that you could kind of get double bonus there
0: One, so one thing I read about Arsenal I, mm-hmm. so I didn't research Arsenal because yep. obviously it was your uh, your team is that apparently sometimes Emery played Lacazette um, and Aubameyang together mm-hmm. essentially because he didn't have enough attacking midfield options Yeah. Um, so one guy I thought might be a good signing for them is Donny van de Beek yeah, uh, from Ajax mm-hmm. the way he plays underneath a striker yep. so he's sort of half a midfielder half um, a forward Ajax player just getting pillaged I, I mean, yeah, yeah right um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure they could afford him given what you just told me about money <laughs> but I think Donnie van der Beek to Arsenal van der Beek excuse me van Beek. would be a wonderful signing plus he already knows how to wear red and white so he's all good yeah
1: and plus uh, Ajax will have sold enough players at that point that like you know, what, we'll give you fifteen million. Like, yeah, sure, whatever. Just give it to us. And I've already mentioned it before. The other one that I think could des- could sort of work at Arsenal is Wolf Saha. I'm going to get him with every single Premier League team. So uh, maybe maybe Koulibaly or maybe John Brooks or some centre back in between. Wolf Saha, Adrian Rabio. That seems like a solid uh, transfer window for Arsenal. All
0: right. So there's your top five. <laughs> yeah, apparently top five, yeah. which who may all qualify for the Champions League. Uh, which actually, we we had a confusing moment about this. Um, I, I had a confusing moment when it was an all English Champions mm-hmm. League final, all English Europa League final. I thought I, think it w- I was confused too. I thought it would make the Champions League places confusing. It doesn't, right? Mm-mm. Top four make the Premier League. Yep. Liverpool and Spurs already in the top four. So they already make. They already make the Champions League. Excuse me. Yep. Um, if uh, Arsenal win the Europa League, they get to be the fifth English team in the Champions League mm-hmm. next year. If Chelsea win the Europa League, it's just the same, yes. right? It's just the usual four because they're already there.
1: The one that I'm actually confused about, though, uh, and I, we don't really need to go into this, uh, but I don't know if Wolves are yet guaranteed or like, very Europa likely League. guaranteed. No, they
0: need Manchester City to win the there FA it is. Cup. Okay, yeah. thank you. Is if Watford artist? win the FA Cup, they qualify for the Europa League, mm-hmm. right? Because they finish like 11th in the table, yep. right? Um, but you get a Europa League spot for winning the FA Cup. Mm-hmm. If Man City win the FA Cup, um, they obviously don't want the Europa League spot because they're in the Champions League. So then it defaults to the next team down the table, which is seventh place Wolves. Has it
1: always done that? Or did it used to be the case that it was like... that? Like Basically, I feel like in the past it would have definitely been Watford even if they didn't win because City had already qualified for a European competition. No, I,
0: I don't know. But okay. I, for a while at least, it hasn't been that the uh, runner-up to the cup gets the Europa okay. League spot. It defaults to the league standings instead. But it's, yeah. so, So it's... Very likely that we'll still end up getting I mean it. I'll be supporting Man City hard on Saturday. <laughs> Let's put it that way. That is fair. Yeah. That is fair. Uh,
1: and if they wanna maybe it's gonna be you know a high profile event. The FA yeah. Cup is always high profile. You wanna look good? If you wanna look your if you wanna look your best, you know you know keep keep the facial hair tight. Yeah. Make your hair look nice and shiny. And other things. And other things. Then you should check out and they should check out. Dallas Shave Club today's yes. sponsor. Dallas Shave
0: Club, not the official sponsors of the FA Cup final, no. but we're saying they should be. Yet. If Man City and Watford players want to look their best, and if you just want to, if they just want to get a bit of a pick me up, right? If you're feeling down, sometimes look good, feel good is the way to go, right? So yeah. if you if you have a shave with the executive razor, the shave butter, and the face cleanser, you're gonna feel good for the rest of the day.
1: Yes, I, I, I would totally agree. Uh, I. I Always shower in the morning to get ready. Like, and then you can use the Dollar Shave Club. You yep. Use the facial cleanser. Your face is gonna be cleansed, but also smell nice. You can use the Dollar Shave, shave Club uh, shampoo and conditioner that we've yep. talked about previously. Uh, it, it has the cooling effect too. It's the summer, so mm-hmm. I think it's that might be the sage or the black pepper. I'm not sure, but it like it, you know it cools your head. So you go outside suddenly, face smells good. Got some uh, get, like your hair smells good. You've shaved. You got the the post shave dew. On there and suddenly, you know, you just, it just feels like you're a little bit more prepared for the day.
0: My sh- I keep all my stuff in the shower ready mm-hmm. to go. It's full of Dollar Shave Club stuff
1: right now. Like yeah. all of your stuff? Is the all point?
0: of my stuff. Yeah, my <laughs> laptop and everything. <laughs> that seems risky. I go through a lot of laptops. <laughs> I'm concerned for you, my friend. <laughs> but yeah, I have all my Dollar Shave Club stuff uh, in there, including the, the face cleanse. Mm-hmm. I like face cleanse in the shower. Um, not the toothbrush. I use the toothbrush at the sink and the toothpaste as well. There are well. people who
1: do that. Shaves saves your time. Yeah? Saves your time, yeah. Uh-huh. There are people who do that. There are people who clean their showers while they shower. That's the way to do it, apparently. That's
0: overachieving. That's no. just absolutely Apparently, it's the easiest way to do it because then you don't end up
1: feeling filthy and disgusting.
0: <laughs> for after the shower, mm-hmm. if you want to stay fresh, there's also a new Dollar Shave Club product. We haven't got to try it yet, but we hear it's great. It's called The Groundskeeper, which is a great name for a deodorant. <laughs> Why do you say that? I don't know. It just makes me smile. I feel like I'm it, assuming it's like your armpit and your armpit hair is like the lawn uh-huh. so the groundskeeper like like in soccer, right but, you take care of it Yeah, I, but I, keep I get it fresh that.
1: I agree with that but then I also think that like I think of a groundskeeper as hard working they're like out there doing physical labor under the sun they're ma- making stuff happen Yeah. and especially I think of like groundskeeper Willie, and I feel like <laughs> he's working hard he probably needs a strong
0: deodorant to keep him going well you think of the groundskeeper as groundskeeper Willie. Uh-huh. he's working hard on your armpit. there we go right, so that you don't have to <laughs> just, he just sweats cursing so up
1: a Scottish storm
0: he's Scottish sweats so you don't
1: have to do you remember his uh native town no. north kilt town is he really <laughs> yes <laughs> you're welcome uh, and right now you can get a dollar shave club starter set for just five dollars it comes with everything you need for a great shave the executive razor shave butter and face cleanser you can even add on groundskeeper slash groundskeeper willie to your order <laughs> too so get your starter set for just five dollars at dollarshaveclub.com slash tss
0: that's dollarshaveclub.com slash tss in case you wanted to hear it in an English accent. <laughs>
1: We always do. Uh, so we've done five teams. Let's get to the sixth team and let's skip them and get to the
0: seventh team. Let's talk about Wolves. Let's talk about the number six team. Fine. Manchester United. Mm-hmm. I apologize in advance, Taylor, for what I'm about to do. I mean, I've been doing it plenty lately. Go ahead. Man United get a D minus. That's generous. D minus. Because honestly it's as much of a disaster as it can be without mm-hmm. being a full disaster. Yep. Because it's worth remembering that teams can finish below sixth place, right? An actual disastrous season for United would be, I mean, relegation, but mm-hmm. if they finish like 12th, yep. it would be like everything's on fire, right? Mm-hmm. So sixth is bad, and it's a disaster, but it's not full disaster. Yeah. Fair?
1: It is. I will say that there's a chance that they have to, if things go the way they might, then they're going to have to do like uh, Europa League qualifiers in like mid-early it's July. pre-season. I mean, Get in there. except that they've, because they're Man United, they've Got preseason booked all around the world. All right. So that's problematic. I
0: know I've tricked you into not starting the timer yet, so I that's feel fine. like I feel like I'm doing well. Yeah, that's fine. Um, here's why the grade is low though, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's not good. This team finished second last season. Mm-hmm. This team finished second last season with mostly this group of players, mm-hmm. and it finished sixth this season. Yep. Um, I do give some the reason it's not like a total F um, is because United did make the right call by getting rid of Mourinho um in December, and I think they made the right call by hiring Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as the temporary manager. Because there was that spell, right? Do you remember December to March when Man United were thrilling to watch, Paul Pogba was banging in goals and assists everywhere and everybody was pumped about Manchester United? I know it only lasted three months, but it it happened. That it feels, really happened. Feels like eons ago. It does feel like eons ago. Mm-hmm. And then it all went wrong when they essentially when they made Solskjaer the the permanent coach. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's like a lack of adrenaline after that or something, um, or or I think Karl Anker's theory was what that they they started pressing under Solskjaer when they hadn't under Mourinho, mm-hmm. um, and and suddenly they were tired after yep. doing that for a few months. I think I half by that, but definitely something went wrong after Solskjaer was hired full-time so All there you right. go d minus for manchester united but i did enjoy december to march as a neutral
1: that's good i'm glad you did uh i have uh not to take us down this path too much but i have kind of changed my my opinion a little bit on Jose Mourinho. i agree he should have been sacked but i think the situation was more un- untenable than i realized i've been reading things uh and he was definitely not backed the way i thought he kind of was not
0: great okay explain but, how was he not backed um
1: so I forget uh I forget who wrote it I apologize. Uh Karl Anka uh, uh linked to it in his Athletic article but it was kind of a mid-season tell all about like kind of the st- the steps that led to Jose Mourinho leaving Manchester United and it was a lot of like him explaining why he wanted not necessarily him talking to this interviewer, but it was clear that they had gotten information from his camp that say he had wanted to he had wanted to gut Eric Dyer like two seasons ago uh, to gut Eric Dyer to get Eric oh. Dyer that was the holding midfielder he wanted because he fit with what Jose Mourinho wanted. Mm-hmm. It was Ed Woodward or the board who went after M- Nemanja Matic. and like there's things like that where I think we that's just... so
0: weird because when you look at that from the exactly. outside exactly like, oh
1: Mourinho wants his old players exactly yeah. and so there's a lot of that that there's players that I kind of assumed were players that he had asked them to get and then hearing the player he actually wanted versus. Is what he ended up getting—it's suddenly a very different story.
0: Okay, so I'm going to downgrade this to an E because mm-hmm. this is a Manchester United uh, club-wide problem. Exactly, right? the that's, no director of football thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's my signing that I think they should make, is a director
0: of football. Same here. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at things like um, no one addressing the Ander Herrera contract situation, Mm -hmm. that's almost as bad, as that's actually worse than failing to sign players, failing to renew a player who, one, wanted to stay, loved the team, and it was actually really important to the the sort of December to March Solskjaer revolution um, when it was exciting. I think Ander Herrera was key to that. As soon as it was clear he was leaving because the club hadn't done it, hadn't approached him correctly... It kind of coincides with the uh, the collapse of Man United.
1: I would agree with that. I would add, though, that part of that is because under Herrera, if you believe uh, reports, again, probably from the club side, is that he wanted a lot more money, again, because they gave so much money to Alexis Sanchez that now every player was like, well, I'm playing more than he is. So, so- in that
0: in that Mourinho leaving mm-hmm. story, yeah. um, how much of the... Credit slash blame for signing Sanchez goes to Mourinho versus Woodward. Did for not, example, he did not want Alexis Sanchez, according to that article. Well, how did
1: how I did f- it happen? I forget who he had said he wanted, uh, but it, yeah, they Alexis Sanchez was the player that was kind of given to him. I think because again, it was a commercial thing. I think it's also.
0: Do you think he had any power veto in that? Like, could he have said, "No, this is a bad idea, don't do it"?
1: Um, I forget. Again, uh, people should read the article. I'll try to find it so we can link to it in the show notes. Okay. But I think they talk a little bit about how like it, it became very clear that he wasn't going to be backed that. They were backing the players and they were signing the players that they thought fit.
0: They being Woodward and Co. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: but it goes back to like the, the, a st- the other
0: people who get the noodle sponsorships. Yes.
1: I'm sorry. I'm taking a Man United path and I don't want to do that. I, I
0: feel like we're nearly at the end of the path. Oh, so uh, yeah.
1: But like, uh, so, okay. So, for example, like when Louis Van Hall was still there, they had already kind of agreed to terms with Jose Mourinho, but they didn't want it made public. They had also apparently agreed to sign Renato Sanchez before he went to Bayern Munich. You know, missed missed opportunity there, such as it is. But basically, they didn't want to announce it because it would be clear that that was a Jose Mourinho signing, I guess. And they lost Renato Sanchez because they didn't make it clear. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. Now this I'm interested mm-hmm. in this article. Is this a conspiracy article? No.
1: It's quote, It's quoting sources within the club as well as wow. yeah, like people. I'm gonna assume I mean, from Mourinho. I kind of want to get this podcast over so I can read it. That's fine. But then even <laughs> like even yesterday, it was reported that Jaden Sancho had told Manchester United he wanted to move to the club months ago. It was basically a done deal, but not so much now because he doesn't want the instability and he wants to play in the Champions League meanwhile Oleg Gunnar Solskjaer wants to sell Anthony Martial wants him transfer listed Joel Glazer loves him says he's the new Pele so he will not be transfer listed okay. that's the way things are at the club so Man United their mm-hmm. signing
0: for the summer is get a director of yeah. football who is empowered to overrule Edward Ed Wood yep. and the other sort of commercially focused Manchester United people my other suggestion for them is if you want to get back to the old Man United ways start promoting from within I know Mason Greenwood started the last game of the season I know yep. United you know, lost to Cardiff, right? So not good. But I think more of that from mm-hmm. Manchester United is in the short term the way to go, and you can slowly use the dead wood, lose the dead wood, mm-hmm. without um, without dead, dead gather- without gathering new dead wood, wood, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, by just like replacing those departing players with youth team players, uh, yeah, right. I'd be fine. With okay. That. okay, all, all right. right. So should we move on to Wolves?
1: So what do we land on? E, uh, F, e, F minus. Yeah. F-? E. All right, F minus. It is. You tore me down from
0: a D to an E. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, giving them an A. I think that's justified. That feels fair to me. Yeah, I, the, the hesitation was like, are you going to make me give them an A+, I'm not sure where you oh, are No,
0: A, A seems fantastic. All right, I'm going to set your timer at uh, 25 minutes <laughs> to explain
1: Wolves' season. Uh, I think that's fair, given how much I interrupted you. Uh, Wolves had so little difficulty adjusting to life in the Premier League that I consistently forget that they were in the championship last season. <laughs> I forgot that right up until I wrote this last night. Um, they've been that good. Unlike fellow promoted friends such as Fulham, their signings, while uh, numerous and, and expensive, made a lot of sense. They fit yes. exactly what they were trying to do. Um, and I think they strengthened in areas that were necessary. They only rolled the dice and say like, Adama Traore, Raul Jimenez. I would say Raul Jimenez especially has come good. Now it's a permanent deal. So even where they were sort of gambling a little bit, it ended up working out. And then they were able to do things like Gia- sign Giammatino for £5 million, which is, number one, absurd. Uh, number two, amazing for them. And number three, especially smart, because he's basically partnered with Nevish. Go with the pronunciation, yeah. and like has kind of mentored him. He is kind of his teacher now, and there's combinations all over the field for Wolves that I think makes an insane amount of sense and has put them in the position to potentially qualify for the Europa League, and I think make a deep run next year
0: because they're obviously going to strengthen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm saying A <laughs> so my quick take on Wolf season just in case anyone's mm-hmm. interest, interested is if you remember the uh, December midterm reports we did mm-hmm. I was starting to get a little worried because mm-hmm. things were going off the rails a little bit um, I mean comparatively speaking after the strong start to the season the big thing is the formation change mm-hmm. mid-season from the 5-4-1 slash 3-4-3 yep. um, to a straight up 5-3-2 yep. the big change was to put Leon Dendonka alongside uh, Neves and uh, Martinho mm-hmm. literally add some thickness and muscle <laughs> (laughs) to central midfield, Um, and to go two strikers. So instead of just Raul Jimenez in the centre and two wingers trying to do a defensive job and also try to attack, Mm -hmm. just partnered in with Diogo Giotto, let him be an extra striker. And then Wolves were weirdly more defensive a lot of the time. They would sit back in that 5-2-2. They did it to Man United when we watched Mm -hmm. them. And then would hit teams on the counter-attack. And suddenly, I didn't realise how quick Raul Jimenez is. This is what really turned me on Jimenez. This guy's fast on the counter-attack and quick thinking. Giotto fast as well. So suddenly you've got two fast counter-attackers up front for wolf, so th- yeah. I think that's where the season turned is that switch to the five three two
1: I would agree and I, and i and I have that as part of why it's an a because it's the willingness to adjust from Nuno because he comes in. Sort of with the system that worked for him the championship, but I think he's willing to be practical and adjust here yeah. and there where it needed to. Then as you said, when it's not working fully, it's a full adjustment and it's a logical adjustment. It's not let's try yeah. to cram other people in or kind of pull somebody out even though they were playing well, but it doesn't seem like it's working. Yeah. It just, it and just,
0: it's not wild as well, right? You still keep so it. <laughs> you still keep like a back three, for yeah. example. Like it's, it doesn't completely change what the team's doing. Um, it's just enough of a tweak that makes a big difference yeah. but it isn't super unfamiliar Th- to that's, all. The that's what, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm trying to get at. Is like it's not this like, oh let's just like see if this.
1: Works okay, that yeah. didn't work. Let's see if this works. Like, you could see the kind of logical progression of how they got where they got, which is the sign of a solid team, a well coached team, and a good coach.
0: All right, so let's talk about next season then. Mm-hmm. What do you think Wolves need to do? Uh,
1: fight I- like hell to keep Ruben Neves, Diego Jota, and Rui Patricio. Yeah, yeah,
0: mm hmm. That's you want it? more than that? No. Yeah, because, no. I mean, they've talked about making signings, right? Mm. So I think if there's this whole thing of I, people talk about if Wolves taking the next step into mm-hmm. the top six or whatever, I think just to get seventh again, because everybody always improves in the Premier League, mm-hmm. Wolves need to strengthen just to have another season like this. That's All my right. sort of more realistic version of what needs to happen. I would agree. Do you want my answer? Yes, please. Uh,
1: The thing that I looked at was the the back three that they consistently played, Ryan Bennett, Connor Connor Cody, and Willie Bully, played 108 of 114 games.
0: Connor Cody played every minute
1: of every game. He sure did. That is excellent. That is probably not sustainable, especially if you add in your Europa League. Uh Uh, So what I did was went to Google... I knew this name, but I had forgotten it. Went to Google and searched best young Portuguese center back.
0: Oh, no. I think we're going to have the same player. Ruben Dias? Ruben Dias. Yeah, Ruben
1: Dias. 22-year-old right-footed center back for Benfica. Uh, Portugal, that's number one thing for me.
0: Do you know who represents him?
1: Is it George Mendes?
0: Yes, the which there is George Mendes' I did not agency. know that. I should that's, have that. That's the first thing I look for. That makes this a lot more And likely. it's happening. And it could be happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be great. I think yep. it would be a great, great thing because... Did Nuno come from Benfica? Uh, oh, I always forget this. It's It's one of the three. It might be Sporting he was at Porto not once but twice but twice all right. Uh, well so but there's still the connection
1: like he coached in the same league why not
0: (laughs) (laughs) Raul Jimenez came from Benfica so it doesn't I don't think it matters which Portuguese club Um, George Mendes has the phone numbers of all three yes Um,
1: so that's what I had (laughs) since you had that as well the other one I would add it does feel like maybe they might want to look at another striker I'm wondering if you think they need that or if you think they're okay
0: it wouldn't be my main area of Mm -hmm. concern Um, I feel like the weird thing is we have too many wingers because we had that Mm 3-4-3-ish system and now we're not doing that so, if we could like maybe convert one of those wingers into a, a Jota style striker, right. that would be preferable. Or if we could trade a couple of those wingers to, uh, for a striker, trade. You've maybe. been watching too much MLS. <laughs> but it's not my main area of concern because uh, I would okay. argue: yes, need a new centre back, possibly need new wing backs, uh, maybe an extra left wing back, mm-hmm. maybe, um, and probably a third, cent- uh, a fourth central midfielder. Because right. really, Dendoncker, Martinho, Neves. It was great. But after that, it's like Roman says, so He gets a little bit like questionable about who the next midfielder should be for Wolves. Renato Sanchez? Renato Sanchez. Renato Sanchez. Why not? Get some, get some Portuguese players in there. let <laughs> mix it up a little bit.
1: All right. So that's, that's my answer for Wolverhampton. That's my grade for Wolves. Anything else you'd like to add?
0: I mean, I've got my suggestions for literally who they should sign. Oh, I thought you already did. Uh, so Ruben Dias. Uh-huh. I mean, you knew I was going to have more than one for Wolves, uh, okay. right? Of course. James Madison. I think would be um, an extra central midfielder who is really on the up and he's also uh, one huh. of my favourites yeah they're,
1: they're, they're <laughs> sure go ahead it, it
0: is basically why they should sign my favourite player. exactly the other one is Weston McKennie, who they're not going to sign Weston McKinney Weston I McKinney, think that makes sense. is yep. a good shout mm-hmm. it doesn't quite match up with the whole George Mendes thing but we're Don't not care. we're only 90% limited to George Mendes players right it's possible mm-hmm. they sign a non-George Mendes player so could for d- profiling purposes yes. <laughs> Sch- Schalke have done very badly yeah. Weston McKenney's a young player on the up if he's played in the Bundesliga successfully I think he could hack it in the Premier League, especially if he doesn't have to come in and be okay, you start every week and we need you desperately. Mm-hmm. If he's a okay, you spell Dandunka here, you spell Neves or Matinho here, I think that would be a really good move for Western McKinney. He also played right wing back this season on occasion, so yeah, you <laughs> can do that too. Cover some bases. I, don't, I wouldn't want to replace Matt Ducky. <laughs> well,
1: he's giving you cover, that's all I'm there. Saying. We go, yeah, just in cover case from Western McKinney. Make all it happen. Right. Make I it happen. like Western McKinney at Wolves, yeah, yeah if me that too. happened. I don't think I could be around you for a couple days because I don't think you would stop like joyfully clapping and being excited.
0: I would have a grin as big as Western McKenney's. Would you get first of all that's big? <laughs> Second of all, would you get a
1: McKenney Wolves jersey? Yes. I feel like that would make it happen.
0: Would Would I get more than one? Probably yes. Because <laughs> you have to wash it sometimes.
1: <laughs> you'd do the uh, the terrible like fashion shoot uh, Philadelphia Union thing where you'd wear his like jerseys on different parts of your body. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Could <laughs> right. I be wearing any more Western McKenney jerseys? There we
1: go. You and Chandler. <laughs> uh, shall we move to Everton or anything else Wolverhampton related?
0: Let's do I forgot right. Everton's mine because yeah. I talk so much about wolves. Uh-huh. Excuse me. <laughs> Okay, Everton, um, I've got C-plus here, but I want to upgrade it to a B-minus maybe. Right. Um, I think we're being too generous now. Go ahead. Expectations were high, mm-hmm. right, when uh, Mark Silva came in and everybody thought, and they spent a bit of money on Richarlison and & Co., and everybody thought, oh, Everton are going to challenge for the top four. We're increasingly learning that not everybody can challenge for the top four. The reason I give them a good grade is because when things went wrong, when things were looking really shaky around January, February, Everton resisted the calls to fire Silva. Mm-hmm. There were calls in the media and from some pundits and so on that maybe uh, Everton should get rid of Silva. And um, the owner, Fared Moshiri, basically said, this is a long-term thing. Silva's building a team. I'm going to stick with him. It came good. And then mm-hmm. they uh, got it all together and finished eighth again. So you could look at it as... They finished eighth again because I think that's literally what they did under Sam Allardyce last year. But they finished eighth while implementing a style. So it's a little bit like how Unai Emery was a success because he's maybe implementing his thing after someone else's spell. The same thing for Everton, I think. So a mostly successful season.
1: 56 seconds, a mostly successful summary, I would add, <laughs> as well.
0: And I, I actually have uh, a bit more to say. Uh, <laughs> There
1: is <laughs> so, not that good then. All
0: right. I kind of thought we could do it this way. There are still some problems, right? Mm-hmm. They concede a lot of goals from um, set pieces. Uh-huh. Apparently, their zonal marking is appalling. Like, yeah. they do zonal marking and then just concede from set pieces. Uh, not so good. They, this leads into the transfer thing a little bit, but they never really figured out their striker, mm. right? It was Cenk Tosun. It was Dominic Calvert Lewin. And there's all these great attacking midfielders underneath, like uh, Richarlison, Bernard, Guilfrey Sigurdsson. But they never quite figured out who the guy is who can, like, just be the target striker and make all those things work. Mm-hmm. The positives for Everton, defensive midfield, Idris Gay, I think, led the league in combined uh tackles and interceptions, I
1: believe. He was he was my player that Man United should sign, but it's kind of stuck with the sporting director. Would, yeah,
0: I mean but that would be the type of player that Alex Ferguson yep. would sign. Is Idrissagana gay?
1: Yes it is. Yes. That's. I think my number one reason why I had him there is like that's 100% of Ferguson signing
0: yep um, I, I nearly took a little grade off because Everton didn't play their English youngsters but mm. I'm, I'm trying not to be too uh, nationalistic about this I think this. that's fair I think you yeah. can take points off huh? okay it's your grade then man then they're back to C plus alright and I think that makes
1: sense because I think yeah for everything you said stuck with him but still had it up and down didn't win I think Football Weekly call it the Everton Cup which is finishing 7th or uh, <laughs> maybe 6th now uh, yeah so I think there are reasons why you could say they had a rough season but they are kind of moving in the right direction. That feels like a C-plus to me. I think that's a solid solid grade.
0: There we go. Transfer-wise, they could try and get Zuma permanently Mm -hmm. because he ended up being the starting centre-back even though they signed Mina permanently. That is what I have. I think the same for Andre Gomes, who had, what, 27 appearances. Although I saw a report today that Tottenham are in for Andre Gomes. That's strange to me. I think think he had his impressive moments Mm -hmm. from what I saw. He also had his sort of quiet moments. I think they could... They could survive without signing Yeah, up.
1: whereas Kurt Zuma, 32 appearances. Uh, I did not check, but I'm assuming most of those were starts. Mm-hmm. That feels like a player they definitely want to get on a permanent deal. But
0: if Chelsea transfer ban happens, I could see Chelsea thinking, eh, we'll keep Kurt Zuma, please. Uh,
1: that's a good point. Yeah, You
0: got a good point there, my friend. Um, my big uh, transfer for Everton is, I mentioned they struggled essentially mm-hmm. to decide who the target striker was. They settled on Dominic Calvert-Lewin for the last few games of the season. And it kind of worked. They had, a good, they had a good run at the end of the season, which is why they finished eighth. Um, Romelu Lukaku, mm-hmm. if they could get him back, he would be the key that unlocked all those attacking midfielders and scored a bunch of goals himself. I'm not sure he'd want to go there, though, right? Uh, it's, I think Inter Milan
1: is where he's, he has his heart That's set. fair. I and also it, maybe Manchester. Who with knows?
0: all respect to Everton, I think mm-hmm. it would feel like a step back yeah. for Lukaku, right? So how about Troy Deeney? Ooh, you're going to take him away from Watford? Troy Deeney, he's worked with Silver a lot Mm -hmm. before. I think he's massively underrated. I think he'd do a weirdly good job for Everton and wouldn't cost that much. If that's not glamorous enough because of his Midlands accent.
1: I'm going to say it's not glamorous enough, and it's in no way biased by the fact that my player that I want Watford to sign is heavily dependent on him getting to play with Troy Deeney. No way it relates to that.
0: (laughs) I look forward to who that is. Maybe a more realistic one, Alexander Mitrovic.
1: Mm. Relegated with yep. Fulham. That's. I was frantically trying to think of a good like Ford who's relegated. That's yeah, the but he's got a
0: taste of the Premier League, so maybe Everton should go after Alexander Mitrovic. I, I like that idea
1: also because I was watching a Tifo video about Fulham and Mitrovic, and I enjoyed he, like his like little kind of like darting near post runs that he makes once space is opened up. That feels like a thing that uh, Everton could very much ca- like take advantage of because they've got so many good creative uh, attacking players. There we
0: go. Uh, right. You got any suggestions for Everton signings?
1: Mine was sign Andre Gomes and Kurt Oh, the there you go. Yes. I, I mean that's I took the easy smart. way
0: out. Yep. All right, so what? We're eight teams. We're in eighth place. Mm-hmm. We are 50 minutes into this show. Good I think as we move down the table, it's going to get a little bit faster because, frankly, there's less to say about the teams that sort of finished mid to lower table. And there's a lot less to say about the relegated teams. Yeah, and yeah.
1: even if, it's, if it ends up being the same length, then you're welcome for two hours of Premier League content. <laughs> Uh, we move to
0: Leicester City we do ninth place Leicester City
1: I'm going to give them uh, a B plus but I'm going to say because of emotional situations I'm giving them an A uh, because oh, yes. uh, Leicester yes. sold Riyad Mahrez to Man City they invested in new talents like James Madison Ricardo Pereira smart moves there uh, they got a Premier League veteran in Johnny Evans that's when we've talked about maybe should move to Arsenal in the past instead he went to Leicester they survived one of the most traumatic moments in the Premier League this season maybe in Premier League history when their owner's helicopter crashes outside of the stadium uh, they're able to rebound from that they're able to, re- able to rebound Bound from Claude Puel, maybe the least charismatic person in the world, sacked <laughs> in February. Uh, after harshly sacked,
0: You're essentially sacked for not being charismatic.
1: I see. You could say that. I would say. It, like, it's sunk, sunk cost fallacy. They made the decision that l- this isn't moving in the right direction. We're not winning games. We don't look motivated. We're going to bring in Brendan Rodgers. That obviously worked very well. It did, right? Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, and, and I think especially so once they got the loan for Yuri Tielemans, he kind of connected the midfield, made them look that much stronger, and they finished in a much stronger position than they certainly would have been in with Claude Puel in charge.
0: I, personally, I felt really good about that mm-hmm. all season because of the English, English contingents. you got Harry Maguire. you got Ben Chilwell. you got James Madison. Um, even Jamie Vardy, even though he's retired from England duty, mm-hmm. it's still fun to see him doing his thing yeah. so I sort of just weirdly enjoyed Leicester City even though it's not their fairy tale 2015-16 still um, a, a fun season a fun team to watch this year
1: I would agree I forgot though maybe i bumped bump them back down to a B plus because Brendan Rodgers failed to bring Timothy Weah with him to oh, Leicester although yes. legally I think that can't actually happen yeah, it was outside of January, right? even so I don't care <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes,
0: she just saved him from Neil Lennon.
1: Uh, so I think, <laughs> yeah, I, that would have been fine, and I think he would have appreciated that. So who's your transfer? Uh, well, first off, oh, I, do th- I do think they. No, I was, no, it fits. Uh, I do think they, they will and should sign Uri Tielemans. Uh I think that's going to be a big part of their summer. Is finding a way to make that. That's happen. my answer.
0: Make that loan move for Uri yep. Lemons permanent. Yeah. Thirteen
1: starts, three goals, but again. A very important midfielder for them, not just mm-hmm. because he scored goals, but because of like his link-up play. He's good at finding balls in for Jamie Vardy. He's good at holding the ball up in midfield.
0: I've I've heard Monaco prepared to play hardball. Oh boy, yeah. So this could be a long running thing all summer.
1: All right. So if they, but I'm going to say they do get him. So we don't even need to worry about. We don't need to worry <laughs> about central midfield. What I think they do need to worry about is their attack. Uh, Jamie Vardy, another strong season, 18 goals this summer, but or season rather. But Iannaccio, one goal in 30 appearances, not great. Shinji not New. Minji is gone. Yeah. Uh, he's left on a free. Uh, so I think they do need to reinforce, but maybe if they end up spending a bunch of money on Yuri Tielemans, which they probably will, they might want someone on the cheap. And maybe they want someone who's available for free. And maybe they want someone who has a uh, past relationship with Brendan Rodgers. Daniel Sturridge. Daniel Sturridge <sighs> is available for free. Uh, his best good season chat. in the Premier League was under Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool, scored yeah. 21 goals. I know we've moved on since then. I know there are injury concerns. Yeah. Could you get I,
0: Sterling and Suarez as well? They'd really be in business. That would
1: definitely be very useful. <laughs> uh, but I I do feel like, like where Sturridge is now, I think Leicester, he probably gets more minutes and more starts, but I think is also still okay with not necessarily being their guaranteed starter if they only want to go with one forward up top. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then Inacio kind of has to... Go find employment elsewhere. Probably. Yeah, I think that's right. probably
1: fair. Ooh,
0: okay, should we move to tenth place. Sure.
1: Oh, wait, did you have any suggestions for Leicester? You, oh, oh, you had uh, Saint, sign your agents,
0: but actually, yes. I think that Daniel Sturridge is a great, great shout. If he's affordable because of his injury thing, like yeah, as long as he's not on a massive wage, I think he's a great signing.
1: I did after I, I did all these without looking. I, I think with the exception of when I looked up uh, Ruben Dias, uh, but I did then look to see like this feels like too smart. Like this feels like it definitely should happen. And I looked it up, and it is a thing that's been talked about very much. Daniel <laughs> moving to Leicester.
0: So there you go. Perfect. Uh-huh. All right, in 10th place, mid-table, mm-hmm. West Ham. All right. Everyone's thoroughly confused by West Ham. Yep. Did they have a good season or a bad season? I'm in the exact same spot, so I'm giving them a straight C. Yep. And the C is for confusion, but also because it's like the middle grade.
1: I think if somebody asked me to sum up the Premier League this season with one word, it would be confusing. Because like, even the title is yeah. like, I was confused. I didn't see this coming, and I uh-huh. didn't see them both winning 14 straight games. And then there's lots of teams that I'm like, it's confusing. See?
0: So here's why I'm confused about Mm -hmm. where Sam and everyone else is confused. They're settled into their new stadium. They spent kind of big. They hired a respected Premier League winning coach in Pellegrini. And they still finished 10th. And I can't tell if that's underachieved or overachieved. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe one way to look at it is 52 points is their most points in a Premier League season since 2006. So actually, this is a pretty good season uh, by other West Ham standards they've also been relegated in that time right so okay. um, I think maybe this is this is actually a mostly good season mm-hmm. um, to further the confusion though their player of the year is Lukas Fabianski their goalkeeper mm-hmm. right so that to me that's immediately confusing your yep. goalkeeper is your best player means great you've got a great goalkeeper yeah. not great he had to make a bunch of saves <laughs> exactly <laughs> the reason I kind of like West Ham um is they have some quite exciting players right um, My favourite so far is Issa Diop. He is the absolute man. He was a signing uh, this summer, um, 22 years old. I think he came from uh, somewhere in France. He had a bit of a shaky start. He had one really high-profile mistake where he kicked it up in the air and then it ended up uh, West Ham conceding. If you watch his most recent games, he looks like the new Virgil van Dijk. He is stepping out of defense, winning balls, and then dribbling forward. He is um, covering ground really quick, uh, like making up uh, for someone else's mistake, getting over there quickly, but then doing that thing where you're just in the way and you've got all your angles right. Issa Diop is a player that I don't think is talked about much at all. I think by next January, you'll have top four, five, six teams trying to sign Issa Diop from West Ham. I've definitely gone long on Diop. Minute and a half. Yeah, I absolutely apologize. I got Mm -hmm. obsessed with Issa Diop, but you should too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Other weirdness of West Ham is like,
1: Wait, no, you've got a minute and a half now. Okay, going? No, okay right.
0: that's it, that's it. Essentially, confusing season, uh-huh. some really exciting players like yeah. Diop, sort of Anatovic, Felipe mm-hmm. Anderson, but still they only finished 10th, and I don't know if it's good or bad. All right. So,
1: with not knowing if it was good or bad, do you have ideas for what they should do to either strengthen or not strengthen?
0: I think a lot depends on the Marco Anatovic thing, mm-hmm. right? So, do, do you know what happened in the middle of the season? He um, got an offer from China yep. and then got a bit surly about it not being accepted, mm-hmm. and then Still kept scoring goals, but caused a lot of trouble. Not as,
1: not as many as you would have expected.
0: Is that right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think only 10
1: goals maybe this season.
0: It wouldn't be the worst thing if they just let Anotovich leave mm-hmm. because even though he's super talented, he maybe is just a bit of trouble within mm-hmm. the team, right? Um, one thing I would say in terms of the transfers is take fewer weird gambles as well. Do you know what yeah. some of the other stuff they did this year? Uh, no. They gave Jack Wilshere a 100000 oh, a week Oh, Samir Nasri, right? Yep. So Next. Jack Wilshere 100000 a week. Mm-hmm. Really, Jack Wilshere's injury history should maybe be incentive-based, mm-hmm. right? Um, they signed Samir Nasri after his was banned I forgot can't remember what he, I forgot why he was banned, but he was banned from soccer for a while.
1: Uh, doping, I think. Doping. But it was sort of like uncertain as to whether or not he actually... But like, did. maybe he didn't. Yeah. All
0: right, so they signed him in January. He made three appearances. Yep. That was a gamble. That always as... felt like
1: it was going to be the case. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, All that said, Mm -hmm. um, I would say they do need a bit of extra creativity because the story of West Ham's season under Pellegrini is very defensive 4-1-4-1 with Declan Rice at the base, which is kind of what turned their season around. Then they attack in a 4-3-3 but they don't get many midfielders forward. So a lot on like Felipe Anderson and, and those guys. So maybe one more creative midfielder. I think maybe Sam Inazri was supposed to be that guy and it didn't quite work out. Right. So
1: Which player
0: are you saying this? should sign? van de Beek again, there you go. maybe? <laughs> I didn't even have that written down, but I think that might, that might be the answer. Right. Um, another possibility, if Arnotovic leaves, if this goes against what I just said, maybe Mario Balotelli.
1: Why are you stealing my ideas?
0: Do you think Mario Balotelli to West Ham? Not for West
1: Ham. I'll, I'll turn Oh, okay. <laughs> Not so, for West Ham. No. I think
0: if Anutovic leaves, available West for Tam, free. By the way, West Ham yep. need a high-profile striker mm-hmm. that's sort of proven. Mario Balotelli on a free to West Ham, where you say to him, "I guarantee you'll start every week." Mm-hmm. That I think that's a good situation for Mario Balotelli. That. That makes sense. I could, yeah. see, I could see that working. You, I could see you, that you working. tell him, you are the goal scorer. Anotevich is gone. We need you. Play mm-hmm. center forward, Mario. I don't even think that's a gamble if it's for just one or two years.
1: All right. All right. So maybe Mario <laughs> Balotelli. Uh, I had that they should keep hold of Declan Rice, uh, if at all possible. Yeah. Uh, if it's not. Should then, try. He's real strong. Then they'll need to sign a replacement. It is not. He, he's not a like-for-like like replacement, but I did also note that, uh, again, I looked at a lot of the free transfers just to see, just yeah. to see. Uh, and Hector Herrera is available on a free uh, Mexican international, 29 years old. His contract is expiring, so you could get him. And it does feel like he kind of fits the West Ham model a little bit.
0: Do you know he was linked with Wolves? Ooh, there, no was a, there was a story about that, but it seems like he's going to Atletico. playing country. in Portugal, so there you go. There we go, there. yeah. But I would love Hector Herrera to sign for Wolves. He's or, another one of my favorites. Right? Or there West Ham. Been, That'd be like the Mexican Western McKinney. Well, See, now we've moved back to Wolf. How have you done this? Um,
1: but yeah, I think if you lose Declan Rice, Hector uh, Herrera could sit in there and be that defensive no, midfielder. No, not in the same
0: way. Uh, yeah, but he is sit- more box to box. I mean, I
1: think he could do whatever he wants. <laughs> Herrera is that good? I, mean, I can't disagree with that. All right. Can you do- disagree that we have another sponsor to discuss? I I don't want to disagree. <laughs> I like getting that sponsorship money. All right. Well, I agree, and I would also say that today's show is sponsored by Wix. Uh, Wix is going to help us launch our super secret website yes. when we launch our super secret website probably Mm -hmm. when you get back From England, Daryl going on a trip for about a week.
0: Does that mean I'm going to have to work on it while I'm away? Uh, It does not.
1: After you get back, I'm saying. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I'll be happy
0: to work on it. Yes. A super secret website for our super secret spin-off show, which would have been launched by now if not for all the health stuff um, at the start of the year. Mm -hmm. I mean, and ongoing. But we're still determined to launch our super secret Total Soccer Show spin-off show. We hope people are excited. We think it's going to be excellent. We think it will.
1: And we think the website that goes with it will also be excellent. It needs Uh, to be. And it especially will be because it's going to be built using Wix. Yes. Uh, there's a professional solution for everything we're going to need, uh, so we'll get different features that are going to help us build the site easily. And obviously, we're going to have lots of strong tech support to help us <laughs> when we run into problems, not if we run into problems.
0: And Wix also just launched Wix Turbo, which means all sites made with Wix now load faster than ever. So when we launch our new site, you won't have to wait for it to load because of Wix Turbo, which is a new feature. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and I also very much appreciate because I know Daryl, you're all about uh, freedom. You don't want anyone telling you what to do. I don't you want that creative?
0: <laughs> I'll, I'll basically it from you and my wife and that's it eh,
1: even then <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and so Wix gives you total creative freedom uh, it, uh, making each website personal, unique and an original masterpiece yeah. which I think is what you want it to be called at the end you want somebody to email and say hey that website you built Daryl it's a
0: masterpiece <laughs> that's it. that'd be a strong review it would <laughs> if you would like to build your own website using Wix you can get started today for free at Wix.com slash T-S-S-1 that's Wix.com slash the letters T-S-S the number one Mm -hmm.
1: The number one indeed. Once (laughs) again, that's Wix.com slash TSS1, the number one, not O-N-E, and apply code TSS1 at checkout to get 10% off when upgrading to premium.
0: Thank you to Wix for sponsoring today's show. The link to Wix.com slash TSS1, it rhymes, that's good, um, will be in the show notes.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, We're halfway there. Are Uh, we? Ten teams done. Ten teams to go. Uh, up next, number eleven, Watford. I gave them a B, and I really enjoyed uh, this line from NBC, NBC Sports season recap quote: Watford made finishing eleventh appear disappointing. Proof that they were strong for most of the long season, end quote.
0: I really thought of them as the Wolves challenger Mm -hmm. for seventh place. Yeah. Yeah, So that makes sense.
1: But most of the season was the appropriate phrasing. They only managed uh, four points from their final six games. Uh, But it's sort of fair when you look at their overall season. They sold Richarlison at the beginning, uh, but they were able to say sign Gerard de on a permanent deal, though he may be kind of... Positioning himself for a move, Uh, they brought in 36 year old uh, goalkeeper Ben Foster from the relegated Watford. He started every single game for them. So, I mean, I think to like find value where they did. Relegated
0: Watford. Where did they? Uh, uh, Excuse
1: me, uh, West Brom. Okay. Uh, Yes, Um, started all 38 games, made the third most saves in the league. Again, not necessarily the best thing, uh, but I think if you look at it overall, it was basically Watford. even kind of riding the ups and downs sticking with the same manager I kind of put them in the same category as West Ham of maybe they're not didn't have as good of a season as they wanted to but for a team that's seen a lot of change Marco Silva coming to mind the fact that they have the same manager and seem to be building towards something I think puts them in a stronger position so I'm saying B.
0: My memory of uh, Watford especially when they played Wolves is that midfield Kapue and Decore were just unstoppable they stomped on the Wolves midfield that may even have been the thing that made Nuno say we need some extra strength in there because Matinho never has got basically run over Mm -hmm. by Decore and Capoue two really good central midfielders who are also then really good when they get the ball and can launch that sort of Watford attack
1: I have a a I can't tell if this is just like my man-united bias here, but I'm curious to hear what you think. There were lots and lots of rumors linking Ducore away with Watford, likely to PSG because they wanted that sort of midfield, like holding midfield a little bit of a destroyer. Yeah. That feels like the role that under Herrera could play for them. Do you think that he's going there to do that, or am I thinking crazy? I didn't
0: know about that transfer rumor. I mean, I wouldn't compare him that was, to Herrera. That was in
1: January, I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, cause, so I guess that's where like I kind of thought maybe— I mean, were
0: they doing all kinds of random things, PSG, in January? This is true. Yeah? maybe. Uh, so and then they ended up signing... Um, oh, I've forgotten his name, but the guy who played for Stoke who ended up being not that good. Oh, I forget. Do you remember? Uh, he, he had the thing where on the line he cleared the ball instead of putting it in for PSG this year.
1: No, I forget that. Oh, I think
0: it's Chupa Moting. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, there we go. <laughs> um, well, I guess I asked that mostly just because I kind of... Was thinking maybe Ducoré, they're able to hold on to him a little bit. If they're not, then that's going to be a massive uh, hole that they're going to have to replace. But what I thought they needed to look at uh, were more goal scorers, more chance creators. Uh, la Feu was their top goal scorer, only 10 goals. Troy Dini second with nine. Um, Wasn't Pereira good? I quite like uh, Ricardo Pereira. Mm-hmm. But, but again, not like, not like you don't have that person who's definitely like bagging the goals consistently I for see. them. And I think they're going to need a little bit more depth there. So I have gone with... Mario Balotelli, uh, 28-year-old, uh, Marseille's contract expiring. And I was thinking about, like, would it work? Would he want to go to Watford? And then I thought about Troy Dini and Mario Balotelli together, and it made me about as happy as anything could possibly make me. <laughs> Those two would be amazing and hilarious and infuriating all at once, and I love yeah. it. I want that to happen. It's so
0: weird because Balotelli is, like, such a man of the world, uh-huh. and Troy Dini's like basically lived in the West Midlands and Watford. <laughs>
1: But, like, I think it was, like, the Mighty Ducks Bash Brothers. Like, I feel like they would destroy Defenders, uh, talk trash, cause problems, have lots of
0: choreographed celebrations.
1: Like they'd be, they'd be, they'd be best buddies. All right, then I'm in for it. All um, right,
0: my Watford suggestion was Philip Billings, uh, the tall central midfielder who yeah. went down with Huddersfield, but was maybe the only mm-hmm. good player for Huddersfield this year. I don't. Just show Aaron yeah, Moyd. we haven't been reading the relegated sides yet. Yeah, Aaron Moy didn't have maybe the standout season he had before, but Philip yeah, Billings, more on him later. <laughs> impressed uh, a lot of people. Yeah. I think he could be a good sort of backup or replacement as that sort of because Watford do mm-hmm. that four-two-two-two thing, right? Where it's really important they have two defensive midfielders. So Billings to replace Capua or Decore or just to be a backup for them throughout the season if they keep Capri and Decore, Mm -hmm. I think would be a good signing. All right. And I'm sure he would like to leave the relegated uh, Huddersfield. I would guess so.
1: I would guess so. Uh, Yes, for a team that finished comfortably mid-table, probably Mm -hmm. so. Speaking of comfortably mid-table, Crystal Palace? Crystal
0: Palace. Crystal Palace get a B because I like them. All right. Crystal Palace are a team that under Roy Hodgson are consistently slightly more than the sum of their parts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's... That's why they're worth watching, no. right? Wilfred Sahar is always a joy to watch. I think that makes sense. Yeah? Yeah. Well, no, here's, So here's my big pitch for Crystal Palace. This is why I like watching them. They have this like player who's too good for them. And they build everything around him and they just let him go. Wilfred Zaha plays with the confidence of someone who, one, knows that his coach and his teammates trust him. If he wants to do a bunch of weird rolls and stepovers, they know he's eventually going to get an assist or a goal. So they let him do it. But also, two, they don't have the pressure of trying to make the Champions League or something. Mm-hmm. So it kind of doesn't matter if it doesn't come off. Yeah. yeah, And that's why Wilfred Zaha is absolutely thriving at Crystal Palace. And also because Roy Hutchins built this nice structure around it that almost... Guarantees they won't get relegated. They had a rough start to the season where I think they were near the relegation zone. They ended up finishing comfortably mid-table um, in twelfth because they have such a solid structure under Roy Hodgson. It's four four two or maybe four one four one. That's what we go with. That's get results. And I that do, gets results.
1: I still think there's a decent chance Wolford Zaha leaves this summer, but it's why I kind of like I put him with a lot of teams and not a lot of teams at the same time as like a possible signing because I also think his time at Man United maybe is biasing me and maybe that was David Moyes. But I do wonder if he's a player that like needs everything to go through him. He wants to be the focal point, and Tottenham aren't going to build their whole system around Wilfred Zaha. Yeah. I doubt. Arsenal will, given the attack they have, I doubt Real Madrid will either, for that matter. And he's linked with a lot of big, big name clubs. Mm-hmm. I de- don't necessarily know if it's the smartest move. He's a very good footballer, so maybe he will he probably will prove me totally wrong. But it is the one concern I had because it, I agree with you that I think Crystal Palace are built around let Wilfred Zaha do whatever he wants to do, and then we'll find people to work off.
0: of Yeah, that. and then they do. Like, you, sometimes and he, I don't mean
1: that selfishly. I don't mean he's like a selfish player. I just think no, he's that good. It he makes that makes much it sense. happen, and yeah. they're
0: using wiser. Right? Sometimes he's the striker. Sometimes he's the winger. It depends whether they're like what they're doing. Mostly they're counterattacking because they're Crystal Palace and again it absolutely works one thing I know is Wilfred Zaha signed a new contract mm-hmm. at the start of the season he's officially there through 2023 yep. that may be just so he can sell him for a lot of money so he's not running out of contract it's the annoying thing about signing a new contract or maybe because he's all in and he's uh, fully committed yeah. Right. Um, other things we've already mentioned Aaron Wan-Busaka right? yeah. um, he has sort of had a really great season for Crystal Palace and everyone's excited about him James MacArthur is one of those guys that I think embodies what Crystal Palace have done in the last couple of years just hard working central midfielder does his job Things get done.
1: All right. So is that, your, <laughs> is that your grade for them then? Yeah, B. Okay.
0: B, so I mean, which I think is quite high for a team that finished 12th. Mm-hmm. But it's because they're just performing sort of maybe a little more than their, some of their parts. They should be a team that's flirting with relegation all the time. Instead, they're comfortably mid-table. All right.
1: Yeah. I, 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 maybe we're just uh, very kind graders. That I think be. I might be. Yeah. All right. So what about uh, where they could strengthen players they need to sign?
0: Make the Batshuayi loan signing mm. permanent. You think? Yes. Che- I, He's on loan from Chelsea.
1: I, so I, I saw multiple things say like multiple like transfer preview things say like he has not worked out he should go back to Chelsea they should look elsewhere so you disagree really? yeah. I mean,
0: So, okay in my research i thought he scored enough goals to to make it viable yeah. okay and the, the, the other alternative is benteke who did so like,
1: what, what so is it just that you think he he fits in with the system
0: like did you enjoy what you saw from him there yeah i mean every time i've seen him i thought yeah match he's like a paranoid it. now no 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 yeah, no I mean, I'm, I'm literally looking up how many goals he scored right. uh, for for palace this year cuz mm-hmm. i thought he had a good season
1: all right so, all
0: right. live fact check, 11 goals, five games. Oh, yeah? Sorry. Yeah. 11 games, five goals. I know you Not as good as the first thing I said, but still pretty good. All right. So, there you go. So, maybe <laughs> that was just
1: lazy speculation. So, I like that idea then. So, you keep uh, Mishi Bachwai. Yeah. Uh, and then what else should they do? Or is that that's it? That's it. Yeah. All get
0: right. Mishi And that's
1: all you need? Yeah. All right. Then I'm going to say Don't sell Wilfred Zaha. Here's their contingency plan. If they do sell Wilfred Zaha, uh, I think they should go after Ollie McBurney, the 22 year old Scottish striker left winger, uh, scored 22 goals in the championship this Swansea? season. Uh, yes, that feels like a move that Crystal Palace would actually make, yeah. because you can sort of sell Wolf Zaha for a lot of money. You could probably give Swansea 20 million, and you get a young, exciting uh, British player. Again, I think that fits... Uh, Quota system, I could be wrong. Uh, but it gets him in there, and it is kind of a replacement for Wilfred Zaha. Not like for like, because there are very few who could do what Wilfred Zaha does, uh-huh. but he's a young, exciting, attacking player who can score goals.
0: The only, play- the only way to replace Wilfred Zaha is to get a time machine and bring back Pele. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: that's strong statement from Daryl Grove regarding Wilfred Zaha. Should we go to
0: 13th place, Newcastle?
1: huh And I'm going to give, uh, even though they're 13th, I'm giving Newcastle a B. Uh, Mike Ashley gets an F. <laughs>
0: yes, That's how it it. always is. Love it.
1: I mean, because that is the case, that it's a team that are just completely hamstrung by their owner. Mm -hmm. Uh, They beat Man City 2-1 in late January, which was City's final loss of the season. That's a great place to start. That's worth at least C+, I would say. (laughs) Uh, But it's basically what we've come to expect from Newcastle under Mike Ashley this season. Uh, Pinch pennies in the summer. Struggle early but rely on a proven manager to find a way to get things to work. Obtain safety. Repeat. Uh, (laughs) That's basically it. The only major difference this time is that they did... Splash splash, Clash a little bit, Uh, 21 million pounds on uh, Miguel Almaron in January. Forgot his name for a second, got a little bit paranoid. Um, (laughs) And that was at a time when I believe Rio Ferdinand suggested that – uh, Rafa Benitez spent his own money to sign players which I feel like was maybe him watching Moneyball and he saw that scene when Billy Bean threatened to use his own money but then keep the profit um, but I do also feel like Newcastle watch Moneyball probably because Mike Ashley won't <laughs> you let them think spend any money
0: Rafa Benitez yes
1: I do think that that's exactly what I think it was <laughs> Rafa um, Billy Benitez they loaned Salomon Rondon he scored 13 goals that's a good bit of business they activated Fabian Shar's Char- relegation buyout at 3 million he
0: looked good, oh, and I he, looked good. he started
1: 24 games added 4 goals including one of the best goals for Newcastle in the season so I think they're still super cheap, still don't want to spend them that much money. I give them a B. It becomes a D if they do not get Rafa Benitez a contract extension. He is out. Is he? He is out in like three weeks. His contract is oh. done with Newcastle. So oh they need to figure that one out real fast because that very much changes things if they don't have Rafa Benitez there. If they didn't have Rafa Benitez this season, I think this team gets relegated. I think he is that yeah. bit of a manager uh, for Newcastle. I
0: think that's fair. I mm. think that's true. All right. um, my, my, have you guys suggested signing? Yeah,
1: I think uh, first of all, sign Solomon Rondon to a permanent deal. Uh, I think then they should look at their midfield. Isaac Hayden apparently has requested to leave. He wants to move to a city closer to his relatives. He's really good. Every time I
0: saw Newcastle, I was really impressed with Isaac Hayden in central midfield. So
1: if they can't keep him, uh, Key did not work out for them, Key Seung-Hyung. So I think maybe they want to strengthen the midfield. That's why I had Aaron Moy going. Uh, 64 games for Huddersfield, 28 years old. So I feel like you can get him. It's a relegated team. It's a relegated player on a relegated team. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think he would probably happily go to Newcastle. I think you could probably get him for not much money. But again, the Premier League experience, he can kind of come in there, add some steel. Plus you've got him and John Joe Shelby in the midfield just <laughs> running people over and I like
0: it. It's a very bold midfield. It is. yeah. <laughs> in, in two ways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My one suggestion for Newcastle mm-hmm. is uh, it's about persuading Mike Ashley to spend money, yep. right? If the Miggy Amaron thing is considered a success, which even though he didn't like score a bunch of goals or anything, I think he was really impressive when he played. And I actually think it made the difference for Newcastle to have... Um, Salomon Rondon's really good as a target striker, yep. right? But he needs sort of maybe faster players running off him. They only had Ayose Perez. They didn't have like another fast player. When they had Ayose Perez on one side and Miggy Amaron on the other, I think it suddenly kind of clicked and worked. I think if you could persuade Mike Ashley that, hey, that was worth it, that money you spent in MLS, it sort of changed that season, then you could get him to go after Joseph Martinez. <laughs> Just go right. full. So you go all MLS, uh-huh. all Atlanta, all Venezuelan. All right. Rondon and Martinez are both Venezuelan. Um, if if that's too expensive, because I think Martinez wants to play for Real Madrid or something instead, right? Um, if that's too expensive, then I maybe- genuinely
1: also think that wouldn't be a good signing, as harsh really? as that might be. Yeah, I think what it, when it comes to We like change the system,
0: so- right? Because you only play one striker at a time yes. for Rafa.
1: And that's also a gamble for a club that don't have that much money yeah, yeah. to spend anyway. i yeah. like to spend that much money on a player who maybe doesn't end up scoring that many goals, but maybe does, but maybe doesn't. It's a bit of a gamble.
0: Uh, I predicted this reaction, so mm-hmm. I had a second option. Uh-huh. Cheaper would be Paxton Pomichal. <laughs> and then we'd all have an American player to support at Newcastle United. Oh, my goodness. And he'd add extra depth to their central midfield.
1: Uh-huh. So we'd finally have an American to support at Newcastle?
0: Oh, DeAndre Yedlin. I forgot DeAndre Yedlin played there, did We'd finally have a midfielder <laughs> to support at Newcastle. <laughs> I was like, wait, is he making a joke here? I was waiting <laughs> no, for that one. So I, I really didn't mean that. Yeah. We'd have more Americans to support there at we go. Newcastle. Right. I fully support DeAndre Yedlin at Newcastle.
1: All right. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> um, all right. So that's uh, Newcastle. Uh, what about 14th place, Bournemouth?
0: 14th place, Bournemouth. I give a solid B, maybe a B plus. Wow. We are given varied kind grades. I feel like that's about to stop pretty that's soon. That's fine. Okay, so two places lower than last season, mm-hmm. but with one more point. Okay. So it's kind of roughly the same as last season mm-hmm. for Bournemouth. And there's a lot of talk about how they sort of Spent money this year but haven't stepped up a level and so on and so on. They spent, what, 19 million on Dominic Sankey and it absolutely didn't work out. But how about, instead of thinking of it that way, we think about celebrating a team that has a 10,000-seat stadium and consistently does not get relegated from the Premier League Mm -hmm. playing attractive possession soccer, right? That's why I think the Bournemouth miracle is... It's a thing we almost take for granted. And then staying in the Premier League each year, playing attractive soccer, is actually a huge achievement. That's why it's a solid B, despite finishing 14th.
1: But the fact that you keep calling it like, a, like it's a miracle, it's the Bournemouth miracle. The size of the team like, makes it a miracle. I, I guess I feel like, but at a certain point, it should stop being a miracle, right? And doesn't I don't know. That, I mean, I guess that's what like I'm saying. On like
0: on the 4,500th loaf of bread, did everybody say, oh, this isn't a miracle anymore, we're just expecting bread? My
1: point, though, is that like, if they're doing the same thing again and again, is that still a miracle at that point, or is it sort of the expectation then? I guess that, that's where I'm kind of confused by Bournemouth, because I, I agree with everything you said, yeah. that it's kind of amazing that I'd say the same thing as Burnley, who we're going to talk about in a second. But it's still like, at a certain point, though, your expectation becomes the reality, and then you have to exist in that new reality. At a certain point, that means Bournemouth are underperforming. But
0: I think if they tried to change something, yeah. it, it would, they would maybe drop out of the Premier League pretty no, fast, right? right? So I'm saying it's for a small team mm-hmm. to play attractive soccer and not be threatened by relegation, yeah. I'm calling it a miracle.
1: I think they are going to and I think they are gonna have to change things because I think that they're kind of moving into Southampton territory, of mean? A, a team where other clubs are going to look at them and think, hey, that guy was really good. That guy was really good. Uh, Ryan Fraser had the, had the most assists or the second most second assists? Second
0: most. So he had 14 assists, yeah, which is right. only one fewer mm-hmm. than Aiden Hazard. Again, if you haven't seen Ryan Fraser, tiny Scottish winger plays on the left yeah, wing. That's
1: why he's moving to Chelsea. <laughs> uh, but, I, and, but I do think you've got him. Callum Wilson scored goals, is linked with clubs. David Brooks. David Brooks was a brilliant sign-in. And got him from the
0: championship for 10 Million and he was one of the most uh, exciting attacking players in the Premier League last yeah. year.
1: Yeah, and I, I mean, and I, of course, I know they've already sold players in the past, so it's not going to be like this is the first time they've had to deal with it. But like, I think there's a chance that they're going to get bids for all three of those players, and I think if they sell them all, they're going to make a ton of money. But now, all of a sudden, you have to keep replacing them and finding new ways to replace them that work within the Premier League because you cannot continue to have with ones that don't work out, like Dom Solanke. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's fair. so.
1: That's my answer: is basically try to hold on to as many of those three players as you can, and then replace them as best you can when you lose them.
0: That, so that's basically my transfer policy as well, except here's my addition – Play Emerson Heineman or set him free. <laughs> Play Emerson Heineman or set him free. All right. Yeah. Are you just going to repeat that again? That's <laughs> it. One more time. That one more my, time. That's my Make sure it's advice. known. Play Emerson Heineman or set him free.
1: You hear that, Eddie? You better hear that. <laughs> All right. We'll move to Bur- Burnley then. 15th place Burnley. I'm giving them a C plus. I could be talked into a C. Uh, because their campaign was a disappointment when compared to their 7th place finish yeah. in 2017.
0: They were the Wolves of 2016-17.
1: But I would also argue that it was a return to their expected level. They finished with the same number of wins, draws, losses, and points, as they did in their first season in the Premier League in Mm. 2016. Uh, They finished one place higher, but conceded 68 goals. That is definitely more worrying, because it's the most they've conceded in their three most recent uh, seasons in the Premier League.
0: Has the Premier League figured out the Sean defensive system?
1: Uh, Or, or, I keep seeing this narrative that, like, they played in the Europa League, and that was a huge distraction. I mean, they played four games in the Europa League in qualifying, so I don't know if it was that big of an issue. Um, But I would say that the thing that stands out to me is that halfway through the season, at 19 games in, They had 12 points and a negative 24 goal difference That is not where they ended up Obviously, they ended up with 48 points So that they were able to turn it around Get those 28 points for the second half of the season Is incredibly impressive And the fact that they basically finished on the exact number of points It's accepted you need to avoid relegation 40, again, I feel like that's a return (laughs) to their expected level It's just the sort of uneven finish That would maybe have me a little bit concerned Because they were so bad and then so good That if they'd maybe been somewhat mediocre They're probably way higher up the table In that first half of the season
0: I kind of think of Burnley as unattractive Bournemouth. Yeah,
1: I think that's about it, yeah. They're
0: doing it a different way and it's not as fun to watch, but it's weirdly equally impressive. The way Sean Dyche has them sort of making goals really difficult to score by positioning mm-hmm. defenders in a way that makes it difficult to shoot. Like, yep. right? That's the very basic version of it, right? Yeah, and then um, not, and then not spending the
1: a huge amount of money mm-hmm. uh, because they're trying to invest it in other facilities so that they can kind of make a greater, like, long-lasting footprint and then build from there as opposed to just splashing on transfers, I think. Again, very smart business by yeah. Burnley. So, still impressive, but maybe still could have done better. Uh, that said, they did uh, get plenty of goals, 45. Still not as many as they would have liked, but more interesting to me is that uh, 22 of them came from Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood. So there's definitely a reliance on a couple key attackers yep. and then a strong defensive system so to get them
0: through. Big man, Austrian man system. Yes.
1: They have going there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, in terms of what I think they may do this summer, uh, I'm not the first to point out that they have three England international goalkeepers yeah. on just their just roster. Just, just another one, right? Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, I think Joe Hart, Hart is David James. probably on his way out. I think they should probably sell two uh, because they won't make get mu- much money for uh for Joe Hart but I think they definitely could for one of their goalkeepers
0: just get rid of one whichever one which one which one do you think they should so what keep? Tom Hayton or Nick Pope yeah I I'm honestly gonna... don't know I I don't think... feel qualified to rank them at all I think Nick Pope didn't play many
1: games for them in the Premier League this season if any games so I'm going to say they're going to keep, keep Tom uh, Heaton they can sell one goalkeeper and use that money to invest elsewhere uh, but they're losing players like Sam Vokes Jonathan Walters Peter Crouch is still in the books but he's 38 years old Stephen 4 hasn't that worked
0: out didn't they sign Peter Crouch part exchange for Sam Vokes
1: oh yeah there we go yes yeah. thank you yes uh, but Peter Kraut's still there, 38 years old. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be the most reliable one next season. Uh, but I'm not even worried about that because what I want Burnley to do, again, this is more emotional. Like, it's the Mario Balotelli-Tordini thing. I want uh, Sean Dyche to get to manage Daniela de Rossi, who is leaving Roma this season. I think he's uh, going to Burnley? I want him to go to Burnley so bad. It would be like when, was it, uh, was it Cambiasso who went to Leicester? Uh, yes. that, that's what I want I want Daniel De Rossi thirty six next season but I love the idea of him kind of executing Sean Dyche's orders playing in the Premier League maybe that's something he's always
0: wanted to try so actually this is an Italian thing mm-hmm. right? I, I know Cambiaso is Argentinian but he also spent mm-hmm. a lot of time in Italy I think has some Italian heritage um, Roberto Mancini did the same thing. Yep. Did he, towards, right towards the end of his career, he went and played for Leicester. There we go. I believe. Just because he wanted to play in the Premier
1: League. I mean, Cambiasa went to Leicester too, right? I think. Yes. So there you go. I mean, I, yeah. So maybe
0: Daniel De Rossi goes to Burnley. Bounces up there. Maybe you're to Leicester. never no, we stop that for us. No. Get out of here. <laughs> um, here's my signing for Burnley. Mm-hmm. Get Gary Cahill on a free. Ooh, all right. Gary Cahill's out of contract at Chelsea. He had a little spell at Burnley on loan early in his career. I think he's only 33. I think he's still got something to offer. And he could be a good backup to the me-Tarkowski-Burnley Central Defensive Partnership.
1: And I think also important there is like you maybe don't want him at a club where it's going to be a lot more like a higher line. It's going to be a lot more running for him. Yep. With Burnley doing what they do and kind of sitting back and blocking opportunities, that feels like a thing where you learn the system, you function within it. Yep. It doesn't require you to go like bombing around the field. That does feel like it suits Gary Cahill. It's
0: weirdly enjoyable for a to go do that for a season right and
1: again available. If you want to sustain the prem they could get them both because they're both on freeze so there you go <laughs> sign them both strengthen and get a lot of veteran grit in there too
0: so there's burnley your 15th place team we mm-hmm. are uh what 75 percent of the way through mm-hmm. the premier league
1: burnley uh, were able to pull themselves up out of the relegation zone this season if you don't want to slip down to the relegation zone or have your pants slip down then you could use today's sponsor grip six belts
0: Keep it tight with grip six belts mm. uh, so grip six are at this point a long time sponsor mm-hmm. of the total soccer show. I am wearing mine right now I feel like this is the the advertiser that I say that about the most because I kind of wear a belt every day and I wear a Grip6 belt every day. Uh, The only time
1: I feel like I'm not wearing one when we're recording is when I've come from coaching, which I have. So I'm wearing soccer warm-ups. But if they made belts for (laughs) soccer warm-ups, I would because the drawstring often gets lost in here. I think the (laughs) Grip6 belt never would.
0: And also, it wouldn't be like wearing um, one of those big old clumsy belts. Traditional belts where you have the giant buckle Mm -hmm. um, and there's a bit of a stretch on it. Uh, Yeah, Grip6 is a different kind of belt. It is webbing that goes into the badger teeth. The badger teeth Grips on tight. You've and, just lost
1: no one, and everyone the, knows what you're talking about. And right the now. belt
0: stays solid. Mm,
1: uh, no holes, no flap hanging out. So again, it makes you streamlined. It makes you that much more likely to uh, stay up in the Premier League because <laughs> you're not going to slip down because a, a hole doesn't fit or a hole breaks. You're going to. It's going to hold strong with the batter
0: team. Stephen Gerrard should have won one back in the <laughs> oh, day.
1: Oh. Poor Liverpool fans. Uh, Yes. Uh, So we very much appreciate that Grip6 have stayed with us as long as they have. Uh, Grip6 and American Belt, a local company out of Draper, Utah. Uh, Everything is made there. Everything is guaranteed to last Mm -hmm. forever. Forever Con-
0: conceived, designed, and manufactured in the United States and guaranteed, mm. as Taylor says.
1: Anytime, any condition, any reason, you can send it back, get a replacement, get a replacement part, uh, and or you could just get a full refund plus return shipping. So there we go. They've Ooh. got you covered no matter which
0: way you want But I go. think once you get one, you won't be wanting to do that. I would agree with that. Especially if you get one at a discount, and you can that. do that at the URL grip6.com/tss grip6.com slash TSS there's a special welcome there for Total Soccer Show listeners I think our logo's there and everything right so go to grip6.com slash TSS you will see the discounts that you can get as a Total Soccer Show listener on Grip6 Belts
1: All right, thank you to Grip6 Belts for sponsoring today's episode five teams remaining Daryl starting with Southampton
0: Southampton finished 16th I am giving them a C plus okay um, they were in the relegation zone early on. I like think right? I give them an F and then an A. So yeah, C plus. It's balance. weird, right? It's we a, go. It's yeah. half the season was terrible. Um, half of it was a lot better. They were down, um, down in the relegation zone early on. They fired Mark Hughes, and the board made what I think is the brilliant decision to hire Ralph Hasenhuttl, former RB, RB Leipzig coach. He's an Austrian guy who loves pressing. So this is going from one of those merry-go-round old-school British managers all the way to a european coach with wacky pressing ideas and they gave him time obviously to implement it and it worked by the end of the season southampton were a pressing team that finished 16th pulled themselves up out of the relegation zone it really worked for a lot of the players you saw james james ward prowse who was always like technical and nice but maybe a little bit soft he suddenly became this aggressive pressing guy he was really happy about it nathan redmond remember nathan redmond um suddenly counter-attacking after they press nathan redmond has space to run into he looks really good Southampton Hampton looked really good so uh, a c-plus for the positive decision to hire ralph hasenhutl i can tell by your face i've gone over my time yeah i don't even care
1: (laughs) i feel like that's been a recurring theme here uh but yeah i'm with you i think ralph hasenhutl for the job he's done uh Definitely, he probably deserves an A, but given where they were when he took over, yeah. not very great. So and then C+ the club
0: as a whole, I think, gets the more positive grade because they actually made the decision to hire Hasenhutl. Yes. Fair? All yeah. right, that works for me. Uh, what right. should
1: they do next, then?
0: I, so I haven't got a specific player, which is weird, but mm. they should go get some high-pressing reinforcements. Like okay. Double down on the Hasenhutl way mm-hmm. and sign some pressing reinforcements. I, I promise you, I really tried hard to find a high-pressing player. like uh, like Tyler Adams would be a great signing, mm-hmm. but it's not realistic for him to go... To Southampton, right? I've got a realistic one for you. Timo Werner would have been maybe uh, a great signing, but he's not going to leave a Champions League team for a 16th place Premier League team, right? Mm -mm. The only solution I could come up with is because their forwards are like Charlie Austin, Danny Ings, Shane Lung. Um, If you want to add some extra talent there, (laughs) I've gone to an old favorite, Mario Balotelli.
1: (laughs) Is he going to be high-pressing, high work rate?
0: I don't know, but he's going to score some goals.
1: All right, well, I've got one for you then. I think that they should go after Brentford's uh, Neil Maupay. I'm going to guess that's how you pronounce it. Okay, this is all news to me. M-A-U-P-A-Y, 22-year-old French forward, attacking midfielder, 25 goals in the championship this past season, joint second in the league, lots and lots of pace, good with the ball at his feet, likes to challenge defenders, so I feel like he's going to be happy to run a lot, happy to put people under pressure, happy to hold the ball up if he can, happy to score goals and most importantly he's going to look really good in a Liverpool shirt in like two seasons
0: <laughs> give me that name again
1: Maupay. uh Neil Moipay yeah again uh, French M-A-U-P-A-Y uh, but I do think he would fit with what they're trying to do he would be I think Probably they could get him since it's a championship player playing for a championship team that are not getting promoted. Yeah, Uh, So maybe you get him, you bring him in. You get a season or two. If it works out really well, then, yeah, probably somebody come along and buy him.
0: I'm relieved for our show that you did the research better than me (laughs) and found a player that worked for Southampton.
1: Uh, That was mostly just me kind of looking at the statistics from the championship and looking at players. And being like, where could
0: they go? Why not? I I tell you, part of my problem was as well, I kept Mm -hmm. looking at, like, okay, how could they improve? But since Hazan came in, certain players really had improved. So it felt harsh to then be like, all right, we need a new player to replace that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think maybe uh, if, if you think play could do it, then I'd be happy to see him at Southampton.
1: All right. Uh, that moves us to Brighton, 17. All right. I'm giving Brighton a C-. minus, uh, Which is probably harsh because Brighton are another team where like avoiding relegation is the primary, secondary, tertiary goal. Yeah. They did it, yeah. so they did it. But they didn't really do much else. Uh, they were 11 points clear of relegation at the end of 2018, but they only got two wins from their final 18 games this time around, uh, so they barely avoided the drop. Uh, they parted ways with Chris Hewton, obviously, after five seasons in charge. And this, to me, feels like shades of when Stoke City let uh, Tony Pulis go, they, because it was sort of like, okay, we've reached that level, now we got to try something new. And it's worth noting, Brighton did spend money. Uh, I think their, their record player last summer, the record player ever, was uh, Jahan Baksh, the Iranian that we we've talked yeah. about previously, did not work out at all. So I think...
0: Was it no goals, no assists? Isn't yeah, yeah, I think, I or? think that's yeah. correct.
1: Yeah. So they really, there was a downturn uh, for them offensively, but more worrying, I think, was that their defense struggled, and that's kind of what Chris Hewton is known for, as like a defensive organizer, and then we score goals. That didn't quite work out this year, so it felt like maybe they'd kind of stagnated a little bit. So while it's harsh, I think Chris Houghton was thanked by the fans for what he did, but it also makes sense to me why they got rid in terms of what their transfers should be. I think they got to look at their attack because Glenn Murray remained the team's leading scorer, and they're like far and away their leading scorer, but he is. Older, and by the end of the season was right? really struggling. I think he, like, he needed uh, uh, some spells. He needed somebody to come in and maybe start in place of him, give him a chance to sub in, or maybe just someone to partner him at times. Yeah. Um, and he, ne- sh- he
0: nearly won the Premier League for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, see, there we go. Do you remember that header <laughs> against yes. Man City? And it really? all looked yeah. possible for a minute. For a minute, yeah. and then things yeah. kind of went. It might the way have they only did. been for a minute, right? It was maybe yeah. two minutes. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> that could work. But I would also say that, like, you look at their other key contributors: Jose Esquerdo, Pascal Gross, they dropped off. So I think you want someone to come in, help with the goal-scoring load, be a creative player, but maybe you don't want to, have to spend too much money since you already have. I'm saying Mario hey, Balotelli, Danny Welbeck, <laughs> 28-year-old oh. on a free from Arsenal. If he can stay healthy, big old if there. He is a proven Premier League player. He can score goals in the league and I think can be an aerial threat similar to Glenn Murray.
0: You, sir, have solved the Welbeck and Sturridge problems.
1: (laughs) I've tried. I've tried. You found homes for both of them. Initially, I said sign them both so that one is injured, you have the other. Uh Uh, But then I moved Daniel Sturridge somewhere else. I forget where I put him. Oh, (laughs) I put him at Leicester. So there you
0: go. So I'm interested in this Chris Hewton thing Mm -hmm. because – I, it could go either way. I think we won't know until next year whether it was a good decision or yep. not. If they suddenly sink like a rock and it turns out Chris Hewitt was the only thing keeping them up, mm-hmm. it's going to look terrible, right? Yes. But if they do make some progress next year, then we'll look back at it and be like, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The, the board were correct. They sort of thought Chris Hewitt has gone as far as he could go, yep. but the team can go further. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense, right? Yeah. With that in mind, I think their new coach should be actually the guy that they're rumored that they're linked with, Graham Potter. Yep you know about this guy mm-hmm. so he managed Swansea. in Sweden mm-hmm. um, took i forgot the name of the team but he took them up a couple of divisions it was like this weird sort of Swedish miracle yeah and then Swansea he turned their season around had them playing some good football they had that um, that nearly win against Manchester City mm-hmm. um, if you remember so yeah he seems like the up and coming smart young coach uh, that maybe Brighton it's worth taking a gamble on Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, I agree and he's not Tony Poulis and he's not Mark Hughes and he's not David Moyes he's not Sam Allardyce yeah. Graham Potter exactly
1: which can be risky but it also kind of feels like what you have to do it's what Southampton did when they went with with Pochettino in the first place. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it a, a popular appointment at the time, and that's another one where I feel like that's what Brighton are looking at, as mm-hmm. we can find, maybe find somebody exciting. I think that's why Potter's linked. Yeah. But it is the case. that I mean, they, He's con- magic. they conceded more goals, kept fewer clean sheets, picked up fewer points. It feels like all around they needed improvement. So I think if they can get a manager that will... Bring some of that improvement, if not guarantee it, That I think it's a smart decision.
0: So your thesis is improvement is good.
1: Yes. And if not, <laughs> then
0: Chris Hutton should have kept his job. There, we, there we go. He'll get another one. There is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. You um, ready to move on to Cardiff City? Maybe he'll get it at Cardiff City. <laughs> Maybe. So the situation at Cardiff City is no one that's going to stick around for a year mm-hmm. and sort of Theoretically, get them promoted again, and then appoint his successor.
1: Yes, that's uh, what, that's his plan. And uh, before I'm going to let you prepare for your for your sixty seconds here, I will just jump in to say that I think the decision we made with the relegated teams was I, I genuinely like don't know what relegated teams should do in terms of who they should sign, or I, other than they should probably yeah. get rid of their expensive players. Fulham looking in your direction, so we're kind of going to abandon that, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got like some like maybe ideas of just what they should try and okay. do, but it's not signing players because I don't know who they should sign. Also, we don't know who they're going to lose, yeah. right? Um, the the basic thing is hold on to as many as you can, yeah, unless they're costing you too much money. Yeah. <laughs> All right, below the dotted line, the mm-hmm. first team in eighteenth place, Cardiff City. I am still giving them a C because this team was always getting relegated, like always I getting had them
1: relegated. Nailed on twentieth.
0: Yeah, nailed on twentieth. They didn't get relegated until May fourth. Impressive, right? May the 4th be with them Mm -hmm. because they managed to stay in the Premier League until May 4th, which actually isn't that long ago. It's what, Mm -hmm. a week or two ago. Um, They also had the uh, Emiliano Salah tragedy Mm -hmm. in the middle of the season, right? They signed a player in January for £15 million. Salah on his way to Wales, I believe, there was um, his private um, air airplane Mm -hmm. Uh, crashed he and the pilot died that is a tragedy in the middle of the season it's
1: why I said Leicester had one of the worst tragedies of the season because that's the other obvious one yeah
0: so uh, Salah and the pilot David Ibbinson both Mm -hmm. lost their lives um, in that crash I feel a little weird about Cardiff then trying to get out of paying the transfer fee. That's the thing they've been doing. I kind of don't want to get into that because that's maybe...
1: I think all parties there like at club level have not been great. I'm going to blame Vincent
0: Tan for that sure, um, and not Neil Warnock um, and co. So yeah, just to stay in the Premier League as long as they did. They had guys like Sol Bamba Mm -hmm. who... Everyone thought of it as like, oh, he's this 33-, like 34-year-old uh, championship center back. He's going to get murdered in the Premier League. He didn't. He did really well. They were actually worse after he uh, got injured. So mm. they were, so Cardiff mostly did well given the circumstances. And
1: I think the thing that I, I said in the preview that I will always go back to, I, I think your, your C is fair because it's worth noting uh, Huddersfield uh, like spent very, very, very little money. Cardiff spent half of what Huddersfield, that was mm-hmm. like their operations budget. So to not have such little money – but still be able to be like, near contention for staying alive, yeah. that's very impressive. And I
0: think a good, a good corollary to this is, you know, uh, Adam whittaker mm-hmm. uh, Premier League panic rankings that he writes for The Athletic, towards the beginning of the season, when Cardiff were like, bottom or in the relegation mm-hmm. zone... They were still bottom of the panic rankings, as in, we know what's happening, we're getting relegated, yeah. we're not worried about it. There you go. No <laughs> panic.
1: No so, panic allows you to kind of like chill out and just get to see, that's yeah. fine. So mm-hmm. in
0: terms of next season, ride the Warnock train, maybe yep. back to promotion. He's what, got the record for promotions for the championship to the Premier League of all time anyway. But also, find yourself a new coach in the meantime. All right. Warnock's 70 and he wants to get going. That's so yeah, yeah. fine. Yeah, <laughs> literally
1: he wants to leave. Uh-huh. Uh, or, yeah, definitely wants to leave. Um, see what I'm getting at there?
0: Politics. No. Come on. Oh, does Oh, is he a Brexiter? Yeah, oh, of I course didn't know he
1: that. is. Yeah, it's great. Uh, he, oh, yeah. he came out in support. Moving on uh, to a team who are also exiting the Premier League. Ooh. F-. Uh, Fulham F-. Fulham slash 100 million pounds on 12 players Ooh. this summer window appeared to be operating under the idea that if they played the same wide open attacking soccer <laughs> that they did in the championship but got more expensive players to do it, they would be just fine. I genuinely feel like that was kind of what they were going for. Is like, Yeah, but if we get a bunch of expensive players yeah. it'll keep working because that's how it works because the
0: teams in the Premier League are the same standards as the teams in the Championship, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, instead, 27 million pound midfielder Jean michel Seri, 30 million pound midfielder Zambo Angisa, 18 million pound forward Alexander Mitrovic, and 15 million pound fo- uh, defender Alfie Malson were all relegated by April 3rd. <laughs> Did not quite work out for them. Uh, their owners decided to stick with championship winning manager Slav- Slavisa Jokanovic until October when they went with- for the age wisdom of Claudio Ranieri. Until February, when they essentially said, we're getting relegated, hopefully Scott, Scott, <laughs> Scott Parker will stick around, we'll see how that goes. They managed only 26 points, conceded more goals than any other Premier League team, and now have a lot to figure out as they prepare for the championship.
0: It's like they like had this whole identity. Yep. And then someone just smashed it to pieces (laughs) and they have to go back down to the championship. And do they become that attacking team again or do they have to rebuild completely and have a whole new style?
1: I think a huge part of it is going to be who can they get rid of and who's left over at the end of it. Because they've got a lot of players, obviously, they spend a lot of money for, but then they gave lots of of high wages to. So what are they going to do to kind of make sure that that doesn't sink them and cause them to have like relegation drama again? Mm -hmm. I think you kind of then like figure out who you've got, who you can get rid of, and then you look at what you can do with what you've got.
0: I've I've got for my sort of what they should do next is get as much money as you can for the players that you selling. Mm-hmm. Get as much money as you can for Sessignon, get as much money as you can for Mitrovic, recoup your losses maybe on some of those midfielders. It's telling to me though, I don't I don't disagree, but what's
1: telling to me is that only Mitrovic from that list of people you just listed did we include on this list and I think a big part of that is because we kind of know what Mitrovic is capable of because of his multiple seasons with Fulham uh, the first one on loan from Newcastle but with a lot of the other players I kind of don't know what to expect from them like jean michel Sarri was this highly rated prospect came in scored two goals early seemed like it was going to work then suddenly he wasn't starting for them under Scott Parker he didn't start for them and I I feel like I don't know what to make of him so I don't know if a lot of other Premier League clubs will I feel like he probably ends up somewhere in France yeah maybe back
0: to France maybe he dominates the championship. Maybe mm-hmm. he wants to take that like Ruben neves style gamble, yeah. but yeah, otherwise he could end up uh, back in yeah. France. I think Sessignon's a good signing for someone mm-hmm. if they can get him at the right price. I think he showed enough in the Premier League to suggest cause he's still only a kid, right? That, to suggest that he really still does have a big future, even though he didn't sort of like destroy teams in the Premier League like he did in the Championship.
1: Would you like to see him at a club like Liverpool where he's not going to start every game, obviously, but I'm not sure he should be starting every game, but he will be getting. Lots of very good instruction and opportunities to play, but also opportunities to play alongside some players who are the best at what they do. I I
0: only say no because I think he would get very few games Mm -hmm. because all their games are too important and because they don't really have a position for him because he's not fully a left-back. If he did, he could be an Andy Robertson-style left-back. I actually could see that and I've talked myself into it. Mm -hmm. But he's not a player who plays as part of that front three because he's more of a wide left player than a sort of uh, you know, Sergio Mane is like on the left but drifts around. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So maybe yeah. that doesn't quite fit um, at Liverpool.
1: All right. So Tottenham, being as smart as they are, they sell Danny Rose to Manchester United for like 70 million pounds because that's how Edward Wood operates. And then Tottenham
0: sign Sessegnon to play left side somewhere? Uh, if they have another experience left back to play when instead Davies. of Sessegnon. Ben Davies, yeah. Maybe maybe that could work. Uh, and then he could also actually play left wing for Tottenham. There yeah. we go.
1: So Solved. Yeah. Solved right there. I've already got
0: Gareth Balfe there there. So. Uh, that's true. I forgot
1: about that. <laughs> yeah, so, I, and that's, my summer activity is get rid of a lot of people. It's basically yeah. what it comes down to. I mean, I would say... Sadly, I would say keep hold of Tim Ream. That's one where I was looking around at like maybe there's a club that needs Tim Ream. He, he did, didn't do
0: enough in the Premier League to, for exactly. anyone to want to grab him.
1: He did get minutes. He did get starts. He had some moments where he looked good. I do think some of the reasons why he looked very bad were because of how, how wide open they were. Yes, especially at the fair. beginning. Yeah. But I still don't think he did enough for a team to want to take a flyer on him or kind of maybe roll the dice and see if he fits in. I think he probably ends up playing for Fulham in the championship again.
0: Plus, if he, if he leaves, then he might not have fans going, Ream, every, right time he, every time he clears the book. Yes. <laughs> and Stelhoff. He'll have fans saying, who's on the bench? (laughs) Should we move to the very bottom team? Let's do it. 20th place, Huddersfield Town Association Football Club. The third worst team in Premier League history Mm -hmm. with 16 points. That's why they get in a grade F. Okay. So I guess that's actually not as bad as Fulham's, but I think that makes sense because Fulham's expectations were higher. We didn't think Huddersfield were going to survive. I mean, I
1: gave them an F too. I don't think you. Yeah, you gave them an F minus. I I don't know if they can actually get an F minus, but you're right. Okay, (laughs) yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Fulham definitely had higher expectations, certainly a higher wage bill than uh, than Huddersfield. So,
0: Huddersfield, yeah, as I said, 16 points, third worst team in Premier League history. Um, It looked bad towards the end of last year, right? Because they had this great start to the season under Wagner, and then things got bad towards the end of last season, but they still survived by virtue of the points they accumulated at the start of the season when they took everyone by surprise with the pressing. It's basically how this went down, right? Um, I think they saw this coming. Wagner saw this coming. The club saw this coming. Tried to strengthen in the summer... But the signings just weren't good enough. They didn't spend enough money. There's a lot of like 5 million, 2 million, yep. 10 million signings. Uh, I think Terence uh, Congolo was 10 million. Uh, Diakabi, the striker, I don't know how much he was, but I don't think he scored a goal. Uh, Ramadan Sobi didn't really do anything. Uh, Janinho Bukuna didn't do that much. Like, none of the signings are even guys that you might even have heard of yep. unless you were paying close attention to Huddersfield. So essentially, their summer was a disaster and then the rest of their season was a disaster. That's why they get an F.
1: Yeah. Uh, can I, I just want to jump in real fast yeah. to say like, I completely agree with that and I would add that like, when I looked at Wolf, when I was talking about, like, previewing them. There was a or reviewing them, rather. I was looking, a lot of their signings, they, they had some of those, too. Those like, $3, three million, $1 million, $1 million plus loan. And I was sort of like, ooh, like, maybe that. And then I realized those are all, like, 20-year-olds, 21-year-olds. They're signing them to loan them out to kind of, like, maybe for the future. Yeah. Whereas Huddersfield were signing that like level player to be a regular starter and actually
0: you mentioned a lot of the guys I just mentioned are like Mm -hmm. 21, 22, 23, 24 and I can see the the point of thinking oh we'll sign some exciting young players but what you ended up signing was young players who weren't ready to play in the Premier League and you put them alongside some of the other players that maybe weren't good enough for the Premier League and what you get is a team that finishes bottom and this is yeah sorry I'm interjecting. Philip Billings did well. That was my only other all thing right. to add. There we go. <laughs> it's,
1: it's where I'm confused by Huddersfield because, again, similar to Brighton, they're a team where their entire goal is, is stay up if at all possible. I would say that Huddersfield, I think, are practical enough to think we're probably not going to stay up. Yeah. Like, we don't have the budget. So let's. They didn't
0: overspend. I give them that. So and that's the thing. They're safe when they go down.
1: And so, in a way, it looks to me like they signed players for the championship that, like, oh. we're going to hang in. We're going to do the best we can. The thing that kind of disproves that is that they sacked David Wagner. And that, like, you can't sort of sign players to prepare for failure and then get mad when you're. Manager fails.
0: So actually, that's not what happened. Okay. I, I looked. I looked into this. He stepped um, away, right? He stepped away. Basically, he went to see the board, mm-hmm. and he said, "I'm kind of burned out. I can't do much more here." if you want, I'll just leave at the end of the season. Okay. Um, and they sort of, they had a long conversation. This is what they said. They had a long conversation with him. They said, this is genuinely by mutual consent. He said, I'll go at the end of the season. We think maybe if he's going to do that, we should just let him go now. Hmm. Let him take a few months off and we'll get a replacement in the meantime. That so is kind of, that he is made like, the initial approach about leaving, but he had a longer time frame. Right. They said, let's just do it now. So they didn't fire him at all. all
1: right, I, I, think, I, I think I kind of remembered it. Uh, incorrectly, I should add. I remembered it as like, he was willing to step away. He was kind of burnt out. And they were like, yeah, like, get going, yeah, <laughs> sort of, which is, yeah, not not fair. I would also say, though, I'm realizing, isn't that what happened to Jurgen Klopp at Dortmund? Didn't he sort of like, yeah, I'm kind of burnt out? And I think they did actually sack him, but I think it was another one of those, like, I'm kind of burnt out. I don't really want to keep doing this. And so he he got a, a leave of absence, I guess is the way to put it. His was slightly <laughs> S- permanent. Speaking of Dortmund, the yeah.
0: replacement coach for David Wagner, mm-hmm. who also used to be a Dortmund assistant, right? Um, Jan Sievert was the Dortmund reserve coach. Um, Jan Sievert is the Huddersfield coach. Style. Wagner got two wins, Sievert got one in his tenure. He has not done well. Mm -mm. But I think if he really is this up-and-coming young coach, I don't know enough about him to say yes or no. The thing that Huddersfield should do next season is stick with Jan Sievert and see if he can perform another... David Wagner style overperformance and get Huddersfield back to the Premier League, yeah. or at least just have them be a really good Championship team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. which I, doesn't I, sound like thrilling. I know if like Pat's listened to this, he's he's not going to be thrilled to hear the best they can do is be a good Championship team. Uh, but that that is the reality for Huddersfield.
1: Yeah, it is. And I also think they're one of those teams. It's similar to like what some Villa fans I exper- I think, have experienced, which is it's kind of more fun to go down and be that big team who have the parachute payments coming in, and you can kind of spend and be one of the more dominant teams as opposing t- as opposed to hey, we picked up a point this weekend. Hooray! Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. best possible thing. Like, yeah, so I think there's, there's something to be said for like challenging the championship and doing the Burnley, like bounce back and forth, uh-huh. kind of invest that money wisely, and maybe you end up securing long-term survival in the Premier League.
0: So there we go. All 20 teams uh, reviewed and graded. It only took an hour and 45 minutes.
1: That's pretty long for us, but still kind of short at the same time. Yep. Uh, I would. Uh, I did want to ask you this, because Ryan Bailey and I talked about it. Uh, there will be no Ryan. It's only Ryan Bailey. Uh, we talked about it very briefly on the weekend <laughs> review. We don't be getting
0: confused with Ryan yeah.
1: Who has made many, many appearances on the show. Uh, We talked about David Wagner uh, moving to Schalke. Uh, I just wanted to add, I wanted to get your thoughts, but I wanted to add, like, the more I think about it, the little bit of reading I did on Huddersfield, the more, like, I, I hesitate, I knock on wood. I feel like that's... As close as I feel comfortable to saying, I'm guaranteeing that he's going to succeed at Schalke. Because I just think it's, – it's, I think he was burnt out at Huddersfield because you it was no impossible. You've got to try to find ways. It's just constant stress. You're trying – it's, it's the Marines thing. Uh, Marines make do. Uh, uh, except it's like Marines make do with a sword now and you're fighting a fully mechanized army. Like that's kind of what he was doing. And so I think to go to Schalke where – a little bit the pressure is off because they've had as this was Ryan's point the worst season they pretty much could he have can't had do much bar relegation yeah. and I think to go in there and have a bit of a budget like just a bit of a budget is going to be such a different situation for David Wagner that I feel like he's going to be back in Germany he's going to be motivated it's going to be exciting it's not just going to be about like plugging holes constantly it's going to allow him to be a little bit more proactive yeah I really think it's going to work out it at gives, least in the short term it
0: gives me a thing to be excited about for, right. uh, in Germany next year especially if McKenney is still there that hopefully Schalke will well he won't be he'll there.
1: be at Wolves <laughs> we've already established that would be great but then. Nick Tatagui or Haji Wright or any of the other uh, Americans at Schalke can come through and it'll be just yeah, fine.
0: That'll work out just fine. Yeah. Um, okay, anything else about Tyler before we before we wrap up? Here?
1: I think I started that by asking what your thoughts were on David Wagner and didn't actually end up getting to ask you what your thoughts <laughs> I were. I essentially agree with your thoughts. Okay, yeah. perfect. There we go. That's all yeah. I wanted to hear. That's all I ever want to hear. <laughs> Do you
0: think it's weird that he was so involved at Dortmund and mm-hmm. now he's the Schalke coach?
1: Yeah, well, I guess he played it, Schalke. Which I didn't. I didn't realize that that until I saw that when the uh, hiring became official.
0: Okay, so maybe he crosses the divide. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Maybe actually, one thing to add is um, he does look good in blue. We're recording this on Wednesday. We're going to release it on Wednesday, so you'll hear this not long after we record it. I'm flying home on Thursday. You are. I am going back to visit the family, obviously because of everything that's happened this year. I actually haven't. My mom came over to visit in uh, February after the surgery, but because of everything that's happened, and if you haven't been keeping up, everything that happened is stage four colon cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going back to see all the family in the Midlands for a real quick trip, but it means I'll be out of the Total Sock Show studio um, for the next few days, which are days where I would have been here doing the show, mm-hmm. right? So just, I'm going to disappear for a bit, but it's only because I've gone to see the family. And you're returning, I think, in time to do
1: chemo, right? So it's yes. going to be. Like, a week and a half, I'd say, until we probably hear Daryl's voice again.
0: Yeah, unless I do some guest appearances while I'm home. We could do something true, um, true. over the phone, right? right? But then it also coincides with the end of the season, mm-hmm. right? I'll obviously, I'll be watching the, uh, the FA Cup final. Mm-hmm. So you may hear from me about that, either on the show or just via text. Right. Um, I'll be cheering every Sergio Aguero goal.
1: I imagine you will.
0: <laughs> and then we've got big plans after I come back, right? Because it's like the end of the domestic season. And then we start heading into Women's World mm-hmm. Cup, Gold Cup, Copa America, Africa Cup of Nations, there's all kinds of stuff happening. There's the Champions League final on June first. So yep. maybe a little lull for me, but then there's a lot of stuff to talk about when I get back. I
1: think we've scheduled like the day after you get back, or the day after like you're like ready to go again. Yeah. We're doing our uh Women's World Cup group previews. We're gonna yes. go group by group. We're gonna talk about every team at the Women's World Cup to start off our coverage of the summer.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned that because people have been asking, are you gonna preview the Women's mm-hmm. World Cup like you did with the men's where you did every uh, a show for every group? Mm-hmm. We are gonna be doing that. So sure uh, keep your ears peeled for that.
1: Keep your ears peeled for that. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to note before we go. So for people who maybe missed a show or don't listen to every single show, so first of all, shame on you. <laughs> Why is Go it t- that you're able to travel? Why is it that I'm able to travel? Because... Oh, oh um, <laughs>
0: it's not the only reason I'm able to travel, but... It's a big um, reason, I feel it, like. It's worth to reiterating travel. and celebrating at all times. Yeah, because we had scans uh, a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and found that the tumors are shrinking. In your face right? tumors. <laughs> in your face tumors.
1: I assume they have faces <laughs> um, in them.
0: <laughs> so yeah, obviously that's good news. Um, it doesn't guarantee anything long-term, but it's very good news In the short term, and it means I'm healthy enough to go back and see the family. Indeed.
1: Indeed. So I'm excited for your trip home. Uh, Hopefully, fans of Cardiff and Huddersfield uh, aren't going to come find you and be annoyed with your grades. (laughs) Cardiff fans won't, certainly. I think
0: think they wouldn't have much to quibble with, right? Especially Fulham and Huddersfield fans. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. (laughs) All right, Taylor Rockwell, let's wrap it up. I'm going to say thank you for taking all the time to talk with me today. Right back at you, buddy. Listeners, thank you for listening, especially if you listen through the bottom 10. That's really impressive. And Taylor will talk to you again. soon. I will talk to you a little bit after that.